Andrew McGahan here for Severe MMA. The pride of Limerick, the young man named Sean Sheehan. The Severe MMA people that are coming to the local shows way before everyone else. To see them coming up and they're getting their shot, and I'm proud that people are coming up with me. Episode 61 of the Severe MMA podcast is finally here. Andrew McGahan joined, as always, by Limerick's favourite mixed martial arts correspondent slash podcaster. It's Sean Sheehan, ladies and gentlemen. Hello there, Andrew McGahan. How are you? Not too bad. You, you, you stand far away there. Can you come closer to me? I'm closer. Oh, I'm now you're here. closer. Now you're closer. Much all better. All of you. This is all of me. <laughs> yeah, but I was just waiting for the bit that I actually need the words for. I was hoping you'd carry it on to then. All of me. People love our singing. That's why I That's, said it. Um, just bring it straight away. It, it really does. Do you know what else people love? What? BeanieBasher.com. Fucking do. Straight, straight up. The fun, fast hand-eye coordination tool for martial artists and non-martial artists alike. I saw Nate the Great baiting on one there yesterday on Facebook or somewhere. Would you believe I uh, I refed one of Nate the Great's matches at the weekend? Did you? Did more you on that. More on that. A little bit in a, in a couple of minutes, no. Sean. Because um, the best thing about Beanie Basher, they have a very cheap shipping rate. They will ship worldwide. It's only ten pounds. Um, good friends of the show here at Severe MMA at the podcast everywhere you see them on our videos as well they sent us a very good video during the week as well of a proper beanie basher in action that That guy uh, that guy was yeah I'm going to admit fair play I'll admit defeat Decky McAleenan won't even touch that guy Um, in case you're interested because I keep seeing them on the comments on the YouTube videos want to get one of these want to get one of these hearing about it on the podcast head on over to beaniebasher.com and uh, you can order yours today but Andrew but Sean... I, I believe that's not all. That's not all. We have a bit of an announcement. Yes. Go on. Do, 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 the, uh, do the dirty deeds. Or not the dirty deeds. Sponsor announcement. New sponsor announcement. New sponsor announcement. <laughs> you, should, you should have the... Make the a jingle. Money, money, Here money. Here comes money. the money. <laughs> money, 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 money. Or the, uh, the one with the lotto, where the, where the champ gets looked after by the people in the bed dressed as a baby. <laughs> It's just us going around with the Mr. Team fucking uh, money belts. Now, well, that's it. Oh, yeah, no, the Million Dollar Man. Ted DiBiase. Oh, the Million Dollar Man, yeah. What, what did I say? Mr. T. Mr. T, yeah. yeah. Uh, you're thinking yeah. of Apollo... No, not Apollo Creed. Uh, what was he called in Rocky? Pain. Um, oh, my God. Clubber Lang. Clubber Lang! Clubber Lang. That was it. Are, well... Here's, oh, just before we do that, here's a good story. My friend died when we were in college. He used to play the... The violin guy. What? You know the the artist that's out at the moment, Dahi, no Irish guy. But it's anyway, quite good. He's he's played a rock, I think it was a Rocky game or a Mike Tyson game or something like that. And you could play with Clubber Lang. Oh yeah, <laughs> no, I remember that Rocky game. Yeah. But he used to play with Rocky against Clubber Lang, and uh, you'd always hear him when you'd like come into the apartment when he was there by himself. <laughs> Fucking Clubber Lang, <laughs> just roaring at the computer because he could never beat Clubber Lang. What a man. Uh, yeah. Anyway, massive welcome on board to ROS Sports Nutrition. Big clap, Sean Bulabus. They are the official supplement providers to Dublin GAA and Irish Hockey, but more importantly, the real bell of the ball here, Sean. Dundalk FC. Really? Yes. By God. By golly. And didn't they win the league last year? They did. Last two years in a row, I believe. Well, and Dublin won the All-Ireland, didn't they? Uh, they did. So okay. obviously we're on... Well, I don't know about GAA much. You should know about that. We're on to a winner anyway. Yeah. 
You know the story, very similar to ours, a small group of dedicated individuals that are passionate about their own product. Um, Best of all, products, all of their supplements are tested by themselves as well as being tested by an independent um, third party. Head on over to the website, it's orsnutrition.com. Their website is very, very well laid out. I'm not going to lie, very impressed. They've got full breakdowns on all of their products uh, like the carbs, proteins, fats, different articles about different um, different ones of their products like reviews they have proteins Andrew, 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 wait Andrew. wait wait Sean I'm, I'm just hold I'm on, on a roll here sorry hold on hold on hold what well what about our listeners what did they get out of this what are they getting out of this I'm yeah. going to tell them what it's about and then I'm going to tell them what they're getting no out. no tell them what they get tell okay them what they get right now. I'll set it up for you okay on a first order of orosnutrition.com if you use the code SEVEREMMA you'll get 25% off your order we're not messing about here. It's not 10, 10% off and then the shipping affects you. Because you're in Ireland, it's going to be cheap shipping. It's not, you know, 15% off just to try snag you. It's 25. It's a quarter. It's a Big Mac. It's a Chinese takeaway worth. Although that's a bad oh. example because we're promoting sports supplements here. <laughs> <laughs> oh, you've thrown me off here, Sean. Can I go back to telling the people about it? Go on, sir. I'll tell them all about it. Proteins, they've got whey and plant-based proteins. They've got recovery drinks, vitamins and fish oils, recipes, articles. If you're a weightlifter, if you work out, you're a cyclist, you're a GAA player, you're a soccer player, martial artist, they've got different sections on the site with the products that they feel will benefit your sport the best. Um, on their, on their, their recipes as well, they've got pecan and almond butter cookies, which look, look unbelievable iced and spiced protein lattes and an Indonesian style avocado milkshake which looks like I'd probably throw up but would be very very nice nice gotta get gotta get some samples of these Andrew samples just put your order in use the code severe MMA and you'll get 25% off your order Sean what's that again what severe MMA S-E-V-E-R-E M-M-A I like it you like it. What's the website again? It's orosnutrition.com. They're on Twitter at OROS Nutrition Group or GRP. And if you search them on Facebook, OROS Nutrition Group, um, you'll find their page there as well. Very good. And did I mention the sponsor, The Town? You did, in fairness. I'll mention it again. You want to get them? I don't have to give you a sponsor Limerick FC now next. No, no. So the, they're the on their way division. out, aren't they? Top of the first division. Top of the first division. Yeah. On the way up. Like the second ugliest girl at your Debs. <gasps> oh, dare you. How dare, dare me. They're like the No, fifth, I don't mean second looking. ugliest. Second prettiest. Sorry. All right. Second ugliest would be fairly bad now, right? Yeah, if no, that'd be what? Like, if you were at my Debs. What's geez. the worst uh, What's the worst soccer team in Ireland? I've no idea. Finn Harps. Finn Harps. Jesus. Do they even agree? Uh, um, are, are they even alive anymore? Come here. Can we what? just talk about the biggest... Uh, story of the past week Yeah Did you see the uh, the video of your man singing Mr. Brightside? I did yeah How very good is that? Very good and the killers Did you see the killers tweeted well. him? Yeah the killers yeah. tweeted the video out and said If Brandon's ever needing time off That uh, they can uh, get him to jump in I've been at funerals like that Like they're, they're Is it just the southwest of Ireland? Like I've been at wakes uh, as well And maybe they're thing. Yeah it's a carry thing is it? It's Dancing on a bar thing. taking your shirt off Yeah Carry lads are mad, like yeah. But the fact that it was Mr. Brightside is just kind of uh, kind of hilarious. It's like it's, I then spent last night uh, 
reading a load of articles about the song Mr. Brightside. Like, there was a good article about the history of Mr. Brightside. Yeah. Um, your man, Brennan, like, sanging into your man's uh, Mark Stromer's um, phone. Fucking Wrong. Message. Wrong. What happened so good? I'll tell you. Uh, Dave, your man Dave Cooning, yeah. who was the first guy, he was the guy that put the ad out and Brandon responded to it. He uh, he had a lot of lyrics written out for it. And there was only two of them, or there was three of them in it. But Cooning played bass in the first demo. Do you know the one that sounds like it's recorded through a straw? Yeah. Yeah, the really, really bad one. There's that. They met up for the first time and they wrote this song, I think, on the first time that they were in the studio together. Mr. Brightside. And Brandon threw some lyrics together because it was about a girl that broke his heart. She, uh, he found her in bed in a hotel with some other fella and he woke up in the middle of the night and just took an ocean to go to that hotel and then he found her there what a man poor old Brandon oh, he's, a, you know, he's a great man do you know Brandon has a son called Gunnar does he do you yeah. know remember Cage Warriors a few years ago when I looked like a, a waiter and wore uh, yeah. a, uh, that was because of Brandon Flowers Legend. his little Sam's Town attire Killers are the official band of the severe. Of the severe, I definitely agree with that. I have, yeah. I have no, I have no problem sponsoring the, like getting, giving them a free sponsorship. You know, at the start of the show. And I've been in Las Vegas four times, and I still like. I just expect to see Brandon Flowers walking down the strip in one of those like tuxedos, and it hasn't happened yet. It's an amazing like how we kind of drawn to Las Vegas like the. UFC is based in Las Vegas. The, the killers, killers are, are based Vegas. in Las Vegas. That's the only yeah. two things that draws to Las That's Vegas. All. But look, sure, it's better than it's no enough. things that draws to Las Vegas. It's enough. It's a linear. The it's power a linear and the cause. money drive us to Las Vegas, Sean. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, <laughs> I've got to do it. No, go on. What are we gonna uh, do? Are we impression? What about the new MGM do Arena? Did you nothing. see actually? Um, I saw the bowl of it. I've, John like, Morgan I've, tweeted a picture of it, and it's like in the middle of a road. It's like there's no parking alongside it or anything. It's gonna be, it's gonna be hard to get that. I believe I there is a car park being built for it as well. Is there? Everything's yeah. close to Las Vegas. Maybe it's Vegas, underneath. Oh yeah, no, Las Vegas is just like, it's it's horrible. It's it's everything is just dropped in the same like ten minute car radius. Is that what I'm saying? Radius in terms of a big circle, yeah. maybe twenty minutes. That would definitely be the... I don't think I've been in a taxi in Las Vegas for longer than 10 minutes. So. Better off. Fucking having to spend time with Dave Fogarty. Like, <laughs> bad, in, bad, bad influence on you, that fella. You yeah. are, like... He's going to be texting us about this now. 10 minutes into podcast and chill and Sean's already dissing Yogurty. He had a good idea there about something last week about the podcast, didn't he? What was it? Was it your articles? Betting oh, things? Oh, yes, yes, yes. yes. yes, yes. Oh, that's gone. <gasps> Cat's out the bag now. All right. Sean Fury. <laughs> okay, we'll send. <laughs> God help us. Oh. Anyway. So, did you hear about Quiet Week? The, uh, Go on. This is kind of MMA, but we hadn't planned to talk about it. But did you watch any of that um, New York legislature thing last week? I saw the about. highlight videos that were passed afterwards. I figured that um, actually, now it was a bit of a deja vu thing because I was in I was in uh, Eight Radio because it was Tuesday, and it yeah. was going on, and I had a little bit of it on in the background when I was eating. Uh, I was getting I got a burger, and it was uh, I got deja vu because a couple of weeks before that, um, maybe even a couple of months, the guy who's involved, who's uh, the head of Eight Radio, his name's Simon Marr. He was my lecturer in college. 
he was watching the Dunleary Rat Down County Council meeting. And it, uh, like, because they live stream all of those county council meetings and the agenda, it was so funny. It, it broke out into an argument that someone forgot to tell them that there was tea and biscuits outside and they had been there for 45 minutes. <laughs> and then all the councillors were going, like, But now they'll be cold. Why didn't you tell us? Yeah, well, you said up the pudding box. And now. it's like, uh, they hadn't even got a quarter of the way through the agenda and the meeting was meant to be finished in 90 minutes. So then they were debating amongst themselves about will they take a half an hour recess and extend the meeting until 10 o'clock at night. And it was like, honestly, I could, I, like, they have jobs outside of that. Like, they have like families at home and they get home and they're, they've been at a meeting since 5 o'clock and it's 8 o'clock now and they're not even a quarter of the way through the list and they're debating about going on until like 10 or 11 and then it's, oh, we can't do that because the council workers that are here, we can't pay them that much overtime. Loads of stuff. It was, it's brilliant. I highly recommend watching a county council meeting in the near future. Yeah, the handy job all the same. Sitting there, talking choice. I've, um, what, what were you going to say about? The New York. We're talking about New York. New York yeah. one. Um, yeah. yeah, and it was just watching it. Some of the things were really, really bad. Daniel O'Donnell was my favourite. He was... That guy is that the guy that said it's like gay porn with a different ending? Yeah, with a different ending. And yeah. is that the same guy who also described them as hot? <laughs> yeah, but he's gay. In fairness, oh, so. is he? Yeah, fair. So fair why enough. is he? Uh, why is he? Yeah, it's like well, what's wrong with gay porn? Like what? What? Are you talking about? It's like oh god, like it's just okay. You could you could see like where people are coming from. It can get a bit uh, gay at times, but. Like, come on, why don't you use that, that out? Like, what, like, what? Oh, why is that? Why does that make it bad? Gay porn is legal in New York. You can film gay porn in New York. So, <laughs> so what? This is a stupid point. Like, but oh, they were hilarious. There was the Glick woman. Yeah, Glick. Sure what her first name is. <laughs> Glick. She got. <laughs> Glick. She got Old uh, sign off of the podcast there. She got trolled by, um, by the fake Edmund Tarverian. Oh, yeah, she pulled something up from it, didn't she? Yeah, which told her to eat a big bag of dicks. <laughs> it wasn't a real account. But that was funny. But my favourite of all was um, Jose Jose Rivera was his name. He was brilliant. He was like, fighting? Why shouldn't fighting be legal in New York? When I was growing up, I was fighting in the Bronx every day. Like <laughs> I needed to fight to live. Oh, it was just hilarious. It was just like everyone knew what they were going to vote. So it was all pointless. It went on for like four That's hours. Exa- yeah, but because they're allowed the right to talk, um, it's the same as those Irish county council meetings. It's fantastic. Yeah. Big fan of it. Um, come here. Were you watching the Late Late Show last week? No, not the Late no. Late Show. Maybe uh, who who does the Late Late Show now? Ryan Tuberty. Ryan Tuberty. What's Ray Darcy's show? Ray Darcy's show. Oh, the Ray Darcy show. Right. Yeah. What do you think of Ray Darcy, first of all? Don't like him. And does that mainly stem from the Cahill Pendred incident? Ah, uh, yeah. Yeah, but his show isn't very good either, to be honest. And uh, I wouldn't be a big fan. I had but a... Saturday I was, night's a bad night to do a show anyway, I think. I was watching it before I went out to work the other night, and there was a guy on it, the fellow who won the Gold Cup, the really young jockey. He's from down your way. Oh, God. Who won the World Cup? Uh, I can't remember. But go on anyway. Um, and it was absolutely crazy. This guy's only 23. But he, uh, you could tell how terrified he was to be on the show. You know, he yeah. looked really nervous. And I felt so, I felt so sorry. Like, not sorry for him, but like this is a guy whose whole life has just been horses and never really, like, 
you can see very clearly from the way that he speaks how passionate he is about uh, horse racing and now he's being thrust into something that's completely unfamiliar to him and he actually as the interview went on he grew and he got more confident in it and it was literally like watching something happen in front of your eyes you're watching a guy who's petrified going from being petrified to comfortable and how quickly he adapted to it uh, it was it was brilliant I'm going to try to find his name here do you remember like the first time you did like a podcast or like a radio show or something like the first time I was shitting myself the first I did uh, Crookland's podcast and I was like what the fuck am I going to talk about what did they want me on for I can remember the first thing I did with Dundalk FM I'm pretty sure can you but it was uh, and yes I was absolutely yeah but you were always a cocky cocky little shit anyway (laughs) I don't know about that I was voted uh, one of my crowning moments was do you remember polls on Bebo yes so there was a poll um, who was the fittest lad in second year oh, and God. I uh, I actually topped that poll oh I just want I, I got it I still have that picture saved screenshot I can uh, post it on the podcast Twitter account it was whoever was riding Don Cossack oh Don Co- oh yeah uh, Brian Cooper was it it was Brian Cooper Brian yeah, Cooper definitely. there you go yeah he's from uh, Cork I think Cork Oh boy! Um, so yeah, that's it. I'll post that. Yeah, Brian Cooper. He was very, very good. Big fan S- of him now. Speaking about racing, yeah. What about, what about John Jones yesterday? Da, da, da. <coughs> oh, I tell you, people don't realize the hard work effort we put into this podcast, Sean, to Brilliant. seamlessly segue between topics like that because yeah. that's uh, that's good work. Shout out to Brian Cooper. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you, Brian Cooper, Thank for that you, one. You made that easy on us. You made, yeah. Good man. Friend of the podcast. <laughs> uh, I'm going to... Look, it's been well documented, my traffic-related instances <laughs> with the law on this podcast, Sean. Yes. Because, uh, look, real recognize real. I empathize with John Jones here, you know? And there's yeah. nothing more infuriating when a police officer pretends he doesn't know who you are. You know what I'm talking about? Yeah. Uh, <laughs> oh, sure. Oh, well, you Shout don't out. know what you're talking about. <laughs> yeah, no, I don't. But I just wanted to bring that uh, back again. Shout out, friend of the podcast, Andy and uh, Drota, who answers the phone when you ring the guards. And when my car was broken into, he's like, is that Andrew from uh, the Severe podcast? Pretty and I was like, yeah. He's like, tell Sean he's better. I was like, no. Nope. That's a fact. Anyway. You did uh, it now. The what? You did it now. It's too late. You did it now. John Jones, what do you make of this? I think I, from watching the full one, the cop yeah. just, yeah, bad man. No need. I, can, I think I agree with you, yeah. Like, I, Sorry, do you I, have a question? Uh-huh. That's not a question. You yeah. can formulate that into a question if you like, but that is not a question. <laughs> no. You fucking... You fucking pig. John, John, John Jones calls it. John Jones went to bed. John Jones went to be a bad day and I... Uh, you can't blame him in one way, but in another way, he probably should have just shut up and just like taken his punishment. Nah, I think he. Uh, I think he was right. Now, fair enough. He'll he'll pro- he'll get up. Like I'd say, that'll be a non-issue. It will be a non-issue. Yeah. And the way that I look at it is, if the police have uh, GoPros on their chest or whatever it is that's recording them, they one hundred percent have equipment in their car that is able to view the traffic around them, and they would have seen John Jones do it if he did it. But I think he kind of half said he did it anyway, but he was like... He said he revved, but he didn't yeah. break the speed limit and he didn't take off excessively, but... Well, your man never said he broke the speed limit and... Like, apparently, John Jones just thinks what he did wasn't bad or whatever. And 
when I say bad now, I mean like breaking the law or whatever you want to call it. Um, but obviously the police officer said it did. Like it, it's a thing and not in fairness. But I think the broader point is John Jones like shouldn't be driving a car. Just like why put yourself in that situation? Like I'm, I'm sure there's loads of young guys working at or um, fighting out of Jackson's gym or young girls, whatever. That would love to drive John Jones. Is he actually like, disqualified from driving? What? Is he disqualified from driving? No, no, he's driving? not. He can still drive. But he just shouldn't be driving. Like, there's too many incidents at this. Why would you put, like, millions and millions of dollars up, like, at stake? For, when, like, you know you have a problem. He said it himself. He admits it that he, he turns into a different guy when he's behind the wheel. Like, wh- why would you bother? He can afford a driver. Like, he can, you know, it's not He can afford an Uber. <laughs> he can yeah. afford anything. He, like, it was um, the one thing out of all of it that I took from it was I'd like to think in a really, really nice house somewhere in Albuquerque, sitting in a lush chair, drinking some sort of expensive brandy, John Jones's lawyer looked at the phone and was like, nope. <laughs> not answering that <laughs> because in the video he's like I'm getting my lawyer and then it rings out and I just imagined the other end of that phone and I was like oh no John what have you done again <laughs> I, I just, like uh, just keeps happening but uh, I, like I think it's, it wasn't you know it wasn't that big of a thing the police officer I think that's kind of how American police officers are anyway they're you know they're very nitpicky and stuff he probably could have just let him off like but you know as you said he probably he probably saw who he was i love i love the way he um you know he, he asked him for his license and then he looked down on his license and he's like okay jonathan oh, jonathan yeah as if he didn't know didn't know who he was like come on he clearly knew who he was oh yeah without a yeah. doubt and yeah, that's yeah. it maybe it's look man trying to make a name for himself who knows like if you go if you were a police officer and you got someone like in that position, you'd probably do it as well. I don't know because that's what they're that's what they're after. Like, it's just. Yeah, I felt. I felt. Yeah, I felt the. Yeah, a quota. I felt the uh, the police officer was completely unreasonable. It was a non-event. Yeah. It's a non-story. Don't even bother talking about it. The court date is for after the fight. It's not going to affect this fight. And it'll probably be thrown out of court. So the bigger thing is, see, there was rumors of Daniel Carmier and being Ian injured. Yeah. Danny Rubenstein to the rescue. He um, well, did he say he wasn't? Oh, again? Yeah. Since the last rumors, just like in the last week, John Jones like oh, put up an article yeah. and stuff, and like, then tweeted out, like, "Hope it's not true." And Danny Rubenstein tweeted, "It's not even close." It's not oh, yeah. even half true, or so I don't know. Yeah, apparently, it's a small thing, but it won't stop him from getting into the. You know, it won't stop the fight going ahead or anything. But, but throw it out there just in case. Hopefully, it doesn't exacerbate or anything. This fight kind of is the one that needs to happen. I, I, I don't think many people are think it's going to go much differently from the first one, except like a bit uh, more in favor of John Jones, maybe. But uh, yeah, I hope it happens. Like I watched that first fight there last week again, and it was actually a little bit closer than I I initially had had remembered. Um, it was it was one of those fights. It was kind of a you know it was a bad fight really. Kind of there was a lot of clinching and a lot of you know a lot of dirty kind of work and you know when two. You know, in, in in MMA, when two really good guys like that come up against each other, it's usually a really good fight. Like, 
it's kind of the opposite of like soccer when you know when two really good teams used to come up against each, against each other before it was always kind of like a stalemate you know like a nil all one nil kind of a job but in MMA that never really happens but this I think they're both such high level fighters that it was kind of all always going to happen and similar not similar games but like similar like Daniel Carmier is a good wrestler Jones is a good wrestler Carmier is a good boxer Jones is a good uh, good from range and Carmier is good at getting into range so it was always kind of going to be a, a dog fight there I think so um, the, I think the next fight will be um, will be similar like I think Carmier you know if he See, the problem with Carmier is, um, in that fight, is that he has to work to get inside. But when he gets inside, he's going to get into the clinch, and Jones wins all the clinch battles they have. So he's kind of, that's a bit of a conundrum. He's going to need to throw, I uh, saw um, Conor Rebush talking about it, and I agree that he's going to need to throw a lot more uh, leg kicks in the second fight. But I digress. I don't know. I'm, I, I'm kind of reluctant to get too excited for this fight so far out. I know it's not that far away, but just in case, there's a curse around big fights that we're really excited for. I'm sorry, Sean. It's okay. Don't tell us. Speaking (laughs) of big fights we're excited for. Oh. Christine Cyborg Justino. I saw you got a couple of shares off your Sean Sheehan like page. Did I? Sean Sheehan MMA. Yeah, a couple of right. fr- people that I'm... Like, when you posted it, and then it was like four others have shared this, or three others have shared this. And I was like, oh, Sean Sheehan blowing up. Give him a like, at Sean Sheehan MMA on Facebook. Yeah, it's actually good. I post good good shit. Like, I, there's a lot of people... There isn't, I don't have that many likes yet, but there's lots of people... Yes. Um, pe- yeah, people discuss things underneath the post and stuff, so give that a like. About how they like Sean more but than I, me. Yeah, oh, I'm the best. Oh, how they wish they could replace Andrew with fucking... Um, Jeremy Botter, Peter Carroll, no, and Anonymous Carbon Rod. Yeah, Anonymous Carbon Rod. Oh yeah. yeah. Great. Um, what did um, what did Leslie Smith do to the UFC? She probably accepted the fight. That's probably and that's probably the difference between her and every other uh, bantamweight in the UFC roster, probably, including Ronda Rousey. So on. I just think it's a very bad move for her, for her physical health. <laughs> and her record in the UFC. This like Cyborg is coming in here to make a statement, I'd say, to prove to everyone that she should have been here a long time ago. I don't think it ends well. The one thing that I am more disappointed about, and um I only uh, I only noticed it there when you said it to me before the show. We were one one judge three judges away from scoring around differently and we could have had the ultimate female mixed martial arts fight of all time. I agree. Rin Nakai versus Cyborg. So yeah, someone mentioned that. Imagine that. That would have by, been my favorite thing ever. By God, that would have been insane. It's like a fight that should have happened in Japan under actual yeah. unified rules. It's 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 madness. But you know the thing about <clears throat> the thing about Leslie Smith getting hurt and stuff. We we know Cyborg is going to beat her and beat her badly. Like, but. Who could you have gotten that Cyborg won't beat and beat badly? Like, even if you've got Kat Zingano or Holly Holm, like, Cyborg is probably going to beat them badly, too. Like, you know, she's... Okay, maybe maybe Holly Holm is the only one who you'd probably give it, you know, you give a chance of outstriking or staying on the outside and staying away from her strikes. But I don't think there's anyone else, really. But she's afraid so, of Ronda Rousey. Yeah, I think... Like, I think um, the record... 
has shown now that it's actually the other way around. Like, this whole, she's in a 140-pound catchweight now. Like, why couldn't she just have fought Ronda Rousey in a 140-pound catchweight? Why didn't they just make that happen? Like, we know these belts, oh, they, like, I've said it so many times in the show, but, like, belts, as Nate Diaz put it, what? it's fairy tale stuff, man. These belts are, they, like, come on, just make the big fights. People want to see the big fights. Like, I put it up there on, on Twitter during the week that in, a, in combat sports, belts are great. They're a great goal to achieve. But once you get to a certain level, they're meaningless. Like, Ronda Rousey fighting Chris Cyborg would, when she still had the belt would have been a huge fight, regard, you know, regardless if there's a belt up. Like, when Canelo Alvarez fights, it, nobody even knows if there's a belt up. Floyd Mayweather, nobody knows. Like, Conor McGregor and ATS, the biggest fight in UFC history, no belt in line. They're going to fight again. And, like... Okay, the, the hardcore fans might care, but the casual fans don't care. Like one man's know, changed the game, Sean. Yeah, he has, but for MMA, but it's always been that way in combat sports. I think people are attracted to the biggest attractions, like, and uh, you know, belts. You know, belts are great because they do attract as well, but they're not the biggest attractions. The biggest attractions are the biggest fights and the best fights. You know, and. Ronda Rousey I think she like she The was, Rock versus Hulk Hogan at Wrestlemania 18 yeah exactly exactly like that but um, uh, you know I don't know whether Ronda was ducking her or whether she was just too caught up in this all oh, I need to keep my belt this is a division kind of a thing which is you know okay there's a point to it but there's no point sticking to that sort of thing, like when you're when you're at her level. But look, this this Leslie Smith fight. Leslie Smith's a good fighter. She's you know, she's a hundred probably a hundred twenty five pound fighter normally, um, and she's fighting one hundred and thirty five obviously because they don't have the division. You know, she's going to get beaten badly by by Cyborg more than likely. Um, but who else? That's that's the question. Like who else? Like I, I doubt she was the first one offered this fight. You know, I'd, I'd say other people would have been offered it before her, but for me, I think what's going to happen is she's um, Cyborg is going to win this fight, and then she's going to fight Katzingana at UFC 200. That's what I reckon. Because Katzingana, yeah, like the ten seconds to beat Leslie Smith is not going to be, you know, not going to be too uh, jarring on her. But um, <laughs> ten seconds. <laughs> Sean uh, Sheehan disparaging mixed martial arts fighters worldwide. Leslie Smith is actually my favorite female fighter, to tell you the truth. I, I love her style. Like She trains with the Diaz brothers and stuff. She's a really good boxer and things like that. So I she's she going to come walk, walk Cyborg down? She's going to slap her? Yeah, yeah, she is, yeah. But she got she got absolutely robbed, in my opinion, against, um, against Sarah Kaufman. And I think it was her UFC debut. Um, or, uh, no, well, yeah. maybe it was in Invicta. Was it? I think they fought twice. But they she got robbed twice, anyway. One of and she got the robbed split one of was in Invicta. Yeah, but um, I think she's a good. Because, like, I think she's a good fighter. But oh, I remember that. Yeah. That fight was uh, the day before Conor McGregor's debut, if I remember correctly. I remember watching it on a laptop in Sweden. The oh, Invicta yeah, card, I think, with uh, Niall Niall and Graham. Oh yeah, very good. What do you think? Do you give her any chance or is it just a whooping that she's in for? I think it's a, a good old can of 316 whoop ass. A good old Belo Horizonte. Mud, what, um, what, what's he, what does Steve Austin say again? Mud, he doesn't say Belo Horizonte anyway. No, he doesn't. No. no. Um, there's actually a brilliant... Uh, 
this whole card, the UFC 198 card, is Unbelievable. phenomenal at the moment. And it goes to show that the UFC are having to... I'm not saying that they're not as big a deal in Brazil as they were when they started because the amount of events, saturation over time, it's not going to be the same as the first couple of events all the time. But they are stacking this because it's in a soccer stadium in Curitiba, isn't it? Uh, yeah, 48,000, I think. 48,000. Can you imagine for what that... Like, Matt Brown is going to have the experience of a lifetime, lifetime fighting against a Brazilian in that crowd, in that arena. Isn't it Matt how um, Damian Maia kind of steals the show on all of these car- all of these cards. I can remember, was it not 93 or 4, the one where he fought Gunnar Nelson? Oh. Or 96, no, 93, wasn't it? When McGregor, it was on the same card as McGregor and Aldo. 94. Was it 194? Yeah. Which one was it? Ronda Rousey was 193, was it? Yeah. Oh, yeah, okay. 194, yeah. And, like, that was the fight I was kind of most looking forward to. And I think you are as well, most kind of hardcores are. And I think, okay, there's a lot a lot in this card you're looking forward to as well. But I, like, I still, I love watching Damian Maya fight. Like, he's, you know, he's he's just a great fighter. Matt Brown as well. You have to love watching Matt Brown fight. Matt Brown is one of those guys as well that, like, okay, you think he's going to be absolutely, you know, just taken down, absolutely roasted by, by uh, Damian Maya. But Matt Brown is, you know, I've been thinking about this fight the last couple of days. You know, Matt Brown is, you know, he's a sneaky kind of guy. If he can, you know, if he can keep away from that takedown, you know, he, I give him a chance. But he, he probably won't be able to stay away. Stay. Yeah, it's an unbelievable card. I am, uh, Shogun's on it as well. I don't know if uh, it's going to be a good night for Shogun Hua, unfortunately. Is he fighting Beast in 25-8? Um, I think so. That was yeah. that was announced, wasn't it? Yeah, Anderson Silva's fighting Uriah Hall as well on that card. He's... Jacques um, against Vitor. He did an interview with MMA Fighting, I think it was, I can remember reading it, when he was talking about the Corey Anderson, and he says it's a blessing in disguise. Really? Because mm, he was meant to fight... Uh, he was meant to fight Shad. Rashad... Outside of Brazil, yeah. and then he hurt his knee. And to be honest, I think the Rashad Evans fight would have been a bad one for Shogun. Um, but now he's put in a, a similar position as he was in 2011, fighting the prospect light heavyweight guy that people are thinking maybe could do something in a while, and uh, Corey Anderson. You're only saying that now because he's your boy. Look, I'm not going to disagree with that. <laughs> You're completely right. I loved his suit. He loved mine. We're both big fans of each other's work. I can't see it. Uh, I just can't. Whatever. I'm not gonna. I'm not gonna hide it. Yeah, yeah he's good, all right. But yeah, yeah, I think he'll probably be Shogun, but you never know. Uh, Steep and uh, Verdum is on that card as well, so that should be fun. Time, uh, time for the conqueror, the conqueror to happen, is it? Or is uh, Verdum going to announce himself as probably the best modern day heavyweight ever? I, I actually don't know yet. I have to. I have to watch. You see, they're all too far away just to get too excited or too there, in yeah. depth about. There, yeah. But uh, another one, another fight. Another that, one. Uh, another one coming up there over in Rotterdam. Neil Two Tap Series, exclusively brought to you by somebody. But PC Carroll had a had the story up in Severe MMA. Maybe not exclusively, but anyway, um, he's fighting. It was what? Kyoji Haraguchi. I don't get. I don't get what you just said there. But I, 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 I accidentally said that I was going to accidentally say that it was a severe exclusive. But then I remembered it wasn't. It actually wasn't. It actually wasn't. And I just pulled out of it. Yeah. But yeah, Pete Carl had the uh, had the article up anyway. But uh, what do you think? 
this fight for Neil Siri. It's a big fight he's been looking for, isn't it? I think it's an absolute brilliant fight, and I've been handed a dilemma here that we're going to solve later on in the podcast. We're in the McGatton house here. We've gotten very good at uh, not making noise when someone comes into the room during the podcast. Uh, yeah. A nice cup of tea and an Easter egg was just sent down to me. So we'll, was it root? No, it wasn't. It was my auntie Brita. So we're going to talk about this in a while. If you put a lineup of the top 125 pounders in the world and you said, which one has Neil Siri got the best chance of beating here in a, f- in a bid to raise his level, raise his platform, raise his exposure, you'd pick Haraguchi out of a lineup straight away. You'd grab him with both hands. Uh, maybe. Is there an easier fight for him, do you think? I'm not, uh, yeah. saying that, I'm not saying that it's an easy fight. I'm saying if Neil Siri is going to beat one of the top five or whatever flyweights in the world that have ever existed... This is the guy that you pick. Yeah, but I don't know. I think Taraguchi's still a very good fighter. I think Demetrius Johnson just got him a little bit easy and or easy early. I mean, um, and you know he got dominated by by Demetrius, but he he gave him a good round or two at the same time. It, you know, it's a tough fight for for Neil Siri. He knows that everyone knows that, but um, you know, as you say, like don't rule him out. He he'll definitely go in there with a chance and like. The good thing about it for Siri is that Haraguchi is mostly a striker. You know, he's kind of a, a karate stylist and throws throws a lot of kicks and kind of jumps into range. Um, Siri won't mind that. Like Siri, you know, he you know he, he's an old school boxer. He trains trains up at the um at the, it's the Warrior Gym with uh, Steve Collins' brother and them up there and uh, a couple of the Irish pro boxers. And you know, he's well schooled and you know. Avoiding punches coming in with the counters or like you know catching guys coming in and stuff. So I like he love. I don't think he'll have any problem uh, <clears throat> fighting someone of, of uh, Haraguchi's Haraguchi style. You know, there's a lot of karate kind of stylists around Ireland. So also, I'm sure he'll have plenty of guys sparring him who'll, who'll fight like that. Obviously, maybe not at the. You know, uh, he'd, same level he'd have guys Haraguchi. in his gym that would be able to mimic the style. Yeah. No hassle. Guys like Patrick Wexted or Huey O'Rourke nice and flowy they'll be able to uh, they'll be able to adapt Team Rhino 100% have the bodies and Neil in terms of his training partners has the bodies of uh, of people who'll be able to mimic the style of fighting maybe not as effectively as uh, as the fight is going to actually go but I, I wouldn't be too worried about something like that the one thing that I have to say that's come out in the last week and two weeks Neil Seary this is the uh, this is the tipping point for him I think in terms of the Irish the Irish perception and the Irish public he has long time been a fan favorite. He's always impressed. He's always put on good, good fights. And this, they're just, there's going to be something different about this one, I think. I do think that we could see an upset in terms of the MMA world, in terms of the result. Maybe Siri finishing him, um, Haraguchi being okay with standing with him, and then Siri does catch him, puts him down, rocks him, finishes him there. He is just, like, the picture of him running the other day. In front of that parade, that's awesome. that was absolutely unreal. That's an icon. That's an uh, that's a career defining picture. There, if you could put Neil Siri into a picture, blah blah blah, Dave Fogarty spiel, the picture speaks a thousand words. That is one that should just. I, I don't know. It's, that's, it's that beautiful. Should be his, uh, that should be his sure dog picture. His sure dog picture. Yeah, I don't know. I just think there's something so. So brilliant about it. It just epitomizes Neil Siri, the guy who's worked his entire life, worked his entire fighting career, and even on a day where people are taking it off or celebrating or out at the parade enjoying themselves, he is still out there putting in work when everyone else is resting. And that's just, for me, I think that's going to 
you're going to see a big, big improvement in Neil Seri in this fight. Yeah, like looking at this fight, you know, before having heard anything, like I think Siri Alves has a chance of knocking guys out because he's a lot of power in his hands, and especially when it's, you know, it's going to be obviously a strike match. Even if he is a horrible human being. Can yeah, we just get that way. clear here? Like, we're not actual Liverpool. fans. We're fans of Neil no, Siri, no. the fighter. Yeah, we not hate the Neil, Neil Siri rained a torrent of abuse on me last week for absolutely no reason other than rocking a lovely pair of shorts. Yeah, and I was just about to mention your interview, actually, because, look, when I think about this fight, I think, okay, Siri has a good chance of finishing, but if it goes to the decision, I'd probably, I'd probably favour Haraguchi because of, just because of his style. But remember last week, Siri was like, in your interview, he was talking about how... Um, how it's okay to kind of change up your game, how like Brad Pickett did, did did it to him and stuff. Do you think he's thinking about going into this fight and maybe getting a little a few takedowns, maybe trying wrestling. to hold, hold Haraguchi down, maybe win a couple of rounds against him? Maybe, because we've seen Nani did speak about the improvement and the confidence in his ground game. And I think it's... it's I, I know we keep using the expression a perfect storm, but in terms of Neil now having the confidence off his back or in his wrestling or in his jiu-jitsu he will feel freer to open up on his hands a little bit more. He's not going to be as reluctant about being taken down maybe as he was in the picket fight, for example. Now, he's, had his, he's been in there. He's, done, he's had his trials and tribulations. He's been in the grappling scrambles. He's won matches off his back. Like, the Chris Beale is a perfect game plan, perfect blueprint for how to win a round in modern MMA off your back. And he knows he can be dangerous from there. So a guy isn't just taking him down to get to a good position. You're taking Neil Siri down, who'll punch you off his back, who'll elbow you off his back, go for submission attempts off his back. And then you're thinking, okay, maybe I will. It's in my favor to keep this standing, as opposed to when you get to the ground. From my point of view, I don't know if it's different in a striking perspective, but... When you know someone is better than you at jiu-jitsu, at least from my, when I'm training, you actually don't want to engage in jiu-jitsu with them. You want to, you're, you're on the defensive or you want to stall in a position like that. And if the guy is infinitely better at you um, than you at jiu-jitsu, he won't allow you to be able to stall in that position because he's going to be attacking you. And that's kind of what I get from, from Neil Seri's fighting style off his back. Yeah, yeah, like... I don't think Haraguchi will take him down, although he, he changes up a little bit. But I, you know, I could see Siri taking him down or trying to take him down at least. Uh, you know, from, just from what you said, I think, or from, <coughs> sorry, from what he said to you in that interview, you know, it, it sounds like that he, he's, a, you know, he's coming into that fight with not, you know, just, oh, I'm going to have a bash out with him in the feet. He's coming in like this is his opportunity. Maybe, you know, he, he's going to win that fight at all costs. And I think, you know, that's, that's good attitude to have and as I, like I said it on, uh, on on Facebook there the other day that like, you can never rule, never rule Neil Siri out of a fight like that and I don't think you can like I'm probably going to pick Haraguchi I think Haraguchi will probably win the fight but I would I definitely wouldn't rule Siri out he's definitely a, you know, he's definitely going to be a live underdog going into that one a live underdog mm-hmm. never heard that expression before really a live dog you've never heard that mm, no it's a Cork thing, is it? Limerick thing? No, no, it's not. It's like an American thing. What the fuck are you talking about? Uh, anyway, anyway, we have another topic to cover before we, we get on to the questions. First of all, first and foremost, above everything else, right? Yes. I just want to get this right. I'm just going to pull something up in here. A massive congratulations to um, Karen Davern and all of the guys down there at uh, Evolution Fighting Championships. They ran the first ever 
IAPA sanctioned event. Am I right with that? Yeah. At the weekend. So. so it was an amateur event. There was no uh, no pro fights on it. The All of the medicals, uh, all, all fighters had an annual medical done. They had safe blood work returned. They had two or three doctors, I think it was, cage side, uh, as well as a good paramedic crew that cover a lot of the shows. I assume it was Code Blue because they seem to do a lot of MMA ones. They actually have a package for MMA shows. Um and there was the paramedics and the doctors who did all the pre and post fight clearances of fighters. So more than anything, especially with the stuff that happened at the weekend in the Eubank fight, a bull of bus again, Sean. There, please. <laughs> Karen Davern and all of the guys in uh, SPG Tullamore Evolu- SPG Evolution, um, that um, for putting those standards through. So let's just get that out of the way. Fair play to the lads. But we have to talk about something a little bit different this week. Sean? Yeah. Um, just that kind of stuff in general. How, like, there was Here's an my, article oh. written in, in, I think it was the Irish Independent, about basically about safety, you know, in combat sports in Ireland and, you know, how the rules that were implemented. I, I think... Um, for D- clarity, Dino, Dino Wade is it? Is that his yeah, name? Yeah, the commission. Commissioner up, Wade. Up, yeah, he put up a great post about all the rules and regulations on his Facebook page, and I'd, I encourage anyone to look at it. That all those rules kind of need to be implemented for you know for a, an event to be sanctioned and stuff. And I think they're like I think they're all great rules, and they do need to be to be uh, implemented. Enforced. We you know we've talked about this loads of times on this podcast that. As, uh, you know, especially about local Irish MMA, obviously, because that's one of our first concerns that, you know, t- things like that need to be implemented. And, um, yeah, I, look, I think that article, to be honest, was, was fair enough. You know, there was there was nothing too wrong with it. He was talking about safety concerns, and I think they should always be foremost in the, in the mind of, of uh, you know, especially local MMA, because, you know, you're not getting paid big money to you know to do any of the to do any of that on the local scene so the least that could be done is have a little bit of uh, not a little bit of safety but the utmost amount of safety you can for clarity the article we're talking about was written by a guy called dan healy he's a a neurologist in bowment um bowment i think in dublin am i writing that or maybe it's the royal college I'm not sure. Uh, I'm I'm pretty sure it's Bowman, but he has worked with a lot of the Irish fighters that are in the UFC. So before you have to, before you, when you get signed to the UFC, you have to go and get a lot of medical tests done. And I remember for series fight the way he was in on a couple of weeks' notice. Dan Healy uh, pushed everything aside, got series in, and got everything done as quick as possible. So he is. He's coming from the point of view that safety is his uh, is his option. Safety is what he wants to be paramount throughout the sport and he has sent me a couple of things uh, over the years like about different stories about MMA in different countries like accidents or uh, bleeding of the brains and especially in boxing different different cases and it hit me Sean after that fight at the weekend we are one accident like that away from really hurting the sport of mixed martial arts in Ireland and at least if everything is done in terms of um, in terms of safety beforehand, then they are covered. And everyone should be under this regulation. Everyone, you shouldn't be putting fighters into cards that don't have the full IAPA or the safe MMA sanctioning. I know a lot of people um, 
have said, oh, well, I can barely get guys to pay my membership fees, let alone asking them to pay that much more money. That's not really the, that's not really anyone else's problem but yourself. You know, that's on the, it's on the gym, I suppose, to be, have enough people to be able to pay, pay bills like this. You know, this is an essential part of the sport of mixed martial arts. Look at it even from a very unlikely point of view, Sean, but if I fought someone and found out they had a bloodborne infection or something that could be transmitted or they didn't have um, registered bloods done, there's a very good chance I wouldn't take that fight. Now, fair enough, some people might be of the, the, the mentality that I'll fight anyone, it doesn't matter, blah, blah, blah. But you need to look at the bigger picture here. Like if, if you contracted something from a mixed martial arts fight or God forbid you took really, really bad damage that could affect your future, everything needs to be in place beforehand so that none of this can happen. I am sorry, but we are one one accident away from the sport going from underground to illegal in the space of a week. I I don't know as it, you know, I don't know as it's gonna go illegal or anything like that, but <sighs> I agree with everything you said there. You know, I don't mean illegal in the space of a week, but if, if, yeah. uh, God forbid, uh, God, who's that? Never heard of him. If uh, shout out to Graham from Severe <laughs> MMA. If uh, if this, if something did happen, there would be a public outcry. Oh yeah, it'd be hard. Like it'd be terrible. Yeah, and then it'd be this is illegal. This should be banned. Blah blah blah. And because it's not recognised officially as a sport. They need to have something like the IAPA in place to even be considered talking about turning into a fort. They need, like, they need to show that it can be regulated. The best thing about this is that it's guys involved in the sport that are doing it as opposed to state-appointed people that may, like, from boxing or something like that. Yeah. They know that this is why I think, and this is all stemming from the, uh, the event that happened in Dublin at the weekend, the Cage Kings event, which has... It had two mixed martial arts fights on it, and the rest were K1 and Muay Thai. What about those those um, Muay Thai caged Muay Thai fights? Is it? Uh, yeah. So we. I'm not. I'm not the biggest fan of them, to be honest. I'm not gonna lie. When I first saw it, I was a fan. I thought this is brilliant. The first time I saw it in Dublin, I was like, "This is exciting. This is good. This is good." And that was just because I hadn't known anything about it beforehand. Then you start hearing things. You start hearing that the guys don't actually train in those gloves for the fight. They still train in their in their um, Muay Thai boxing gloves. That That's not that unusual though. But Fair enough, but I'm I, just looking at this from the point of view that they are able to strike at a, in a different way than an MMA yeah. fight because you don't have to worry about being taken down. That's exactly the point, yeah. And... It, there is a level of overly, I don't want to say overly violence, but it looks a lot more brutal. And it is a lot more brutal because these guys are such accomplished strikers being able to give, um, being able to hit so hard and so devastatingly through tie boxing. When you put them in four ounce gloves and remove the threat of a takedown, those punches are a lot harder a lot more lasting in terms of repercussions and it's it looks what's worse is it looks like MMA so people are going to see that think it's MMA because it's in a cage they've got MMA gloves and just assume it was a portion of the fight that didn't go down to the ground yeah like there's things you can do when it's just stand up 
and it's not, you know, there's no threat of it. As you said, there's no threat of a takedown. Like, you can throw kicks without any repercussions of getting taken down. And you can throw, obviously, a lot. And of, there's a know, standing A count. And, stuff. and, and there's a standing A count. The biggest problem with the standing A count is the four-ounce gloves. Like, four-ounce gloves are made so, you know, so MMA can be more excited, but so you can grapple and stuff as well. When... You know, in boxing, okay, they have the bigger gloves because, you know, they say it takes, you know, it, it cushions the, the blow or whatever. In this case, my time, when you're using the four-ounce gloves, you're taking that big blow, right? So in MMA, if they took that big blow, they go down, the fight's over. You're taking that big blow, the standing, and the standing A count, right, you know, it's a debatable one because if someone is okay and they're okay to carry on, that's fine. But sometimes they're given time to recover, and like you can recover from like a big blow like that and get up and you know you could be okay you could fight on again and you're but you're taking more damage and that's the problem and like you know imagine if you you like you get knocked down you're kind of wobbled a bit but you get up and you, you know you can fight on you fight on for another bit you get wobbled again and the same thing happens again like you you could be taking two concussions in one night like and getting paid no money for it. like why would anyone do that I don't I don't understand why the fighters do it like. Fight normal Muay Thai fights, like they're still exciting. Fight MMA fights, they're exciting. I don't think there's any, you know, there's no need for it. Okay, it's, you know, it's exciting for the viewers or whatever, but man, like f- the amount of money they're getting paid to do that, like I don't know what they're getting paid, exactly. but it's not enough. It's not enough, whatever it is. Like I think that that show is a pretty good show. Like yeah, they've put on good MMA stuff, uh, stuff before, you know. Uh, if they, you know, if they stand by all the regulations of put on Muay Thai fights, put on MMA fights, I still think they have can have a, a, a like a really good show. But you know, these these now, caged for, Muay Thai exactly. fights, I don't think for I don't clarity, uh, Larburn did put up a status afterwards that I'm, I was just trying to, uh, I was just trying to pull up there. But he, I know from the other events. There is a lot of crew always working at it in terms of doctors because you see them cage side. But it seems like the two kind of cross paths in the sense that um, the, he was under intense media pressure last week, like people trying to get the events cancelled on him. And as long as, in my head, as long as there is the required amount of safety for each discipline at the venue then that's okay. If you have a specific team there for your MMA fights, that's okay. It's just a mixed martial arts fight happening there and there's, there, it's literally, it's been watched by the appropriate people. But I do completely see where fighters, coaches, people linked to the sport of MMA don't like the aesthetic appeal of caged high due to its, its nature in terms of its finishes. Because it makes mixed martial arts look a little bit bad. Let like as you said there, letting somebody stand up after they've been knocked out in an MMA fight, or what would constitute as a knockout in an MMA fight, only giving them a couple of seconds and then expecting them expect them to be able to continue on and receive and absorb more punishment from four ounce gloves. For me, that's when I when I go out because yeah. I've witnessed at these shows then some bad knockouts. I've spoke on this podcast before about how troubling and maybe how hard it's been for me to start seeing guys get knocked out now locally that, I've, uh, that I'm either friends with or that I train with and that it doesn't sit right with me. And that's in a mixed martial arts fight where I know that they're about to get the best care possible 
immediately after it. If you had told me uh, Damien Rooney had to get up within eight seconds and try fight, continue fighting Tom Dukenwa, or Tommy McCafferty had eight seconds to get up and continue fighting Teddy Violet, like that would not sit well with me in the slightest. In, and this in is in fairness, in fairness, those are two heavy knockouts that wouldn't have happened with them. But with them too. Oh yeah, fair yeah, enough. There's other cases where it would. But like, there's definitely no. cases of people that like even watching MMA fights in Ireland. That and then thinking if this guy has to get back up now, this is going to be bad. Yeah, like there's there's a debate about sending a count as well because you know it's not always a bad thing because you know it can give guys a chance to recover when you know when they can recover. I mean, you know, some, sometimes they'd be okay. It's just like a knockdown and they get up. But you know, it, the problem is the four ounce gloves. Really, is you say like because when you get hit with the four ounce gloves, you get fucking hit. Like and you know, I just don't I don't understand why it's happening. Like there's. There's more strikes being thrown as well when you're fighting, you know, when you're fighting Mai Tai, you're fighting kickboxing like that. Like, these, you know, that's not good. You shouldn't be fighting with four-ounce gloves, you know, doing purely a stand-up fight. Just just have what a fight. What was it you with, said with yesterday about John Wayne Power, Sean? Me? I didn't, say, I didn't <laughs> say anything about him. But, yeah. Anyway. What, what, you know, like, I think most of these shows, even, you know, even that Cage King show, I think, like I think the guys running it from what what you guys have been saying. I think they're all good guys. Like I think everyone, you oh, know, completely. everyone is trying to do their best. Oh but yeah, like like, the, like Laura and Martin put on great shows in terms of yeah. Thai boxing as well. Um, I know Martin is a big big figure in terms of putting on events, and Laura seems like he he finished off his his post by saying that. He doesn't have. Uh, he doesn't want people saying anything nasty towards um, the neurologist because he doesn't know him personally. But it's his belief that he does, in fact, care about fighter safety. Of course, yeah. So, obvi- like, obviously, this is what his main. In my opinion, this is what his main. Uh, his main goal is fighter safety, not wanting the death to happen in the sport in Ireland because he is an MMA fan. He has been an MMA fan for years and he's worked closely with a lot of MMA fighters at the higher end of the scale in terms of their, helping them with their UFC thing. But um, I don't know. It's it's, yeah, like, a, it's, an, it's an unfortunate situation that we're in at the moment. I think those rules that, that Dino had put up, I don't. I don't understand why any show couldn't adhere to those rules. To be honest, okay, they're gonna. You know, it's gonna cost you money to get doctors in there and stuff. But like, so, if you're running exactly. these shows, you need to do that. Like, you have to do that. Safety is tantamount to the. To, you know, to this board. I have heard. To do it. I heard that at, and again, I couldn't comment on Cage Kings because I wasn't at it. I'm going off the other two where there was good, uh, was good safety. But I do recall a fighter. Um, don't know if he broke his leg at the one in Cork. It was definitely something that it was. We were waiting for a while because something happened in the in the cage, and it's always been very well run. There's always a lot of medical people backstage as well as um, out by the cage. While Dan Healy is again looking out for uh, looking out for fighter safety, what people should be focusing on is the Irish MMA shows that are running without proper medical care or attention there it should be an absolute paramount for a head coach in a gym and I know it is for quite a couple of them that they will not put a fighter forward onto a show unless it's either safe MMA approved or IAPA regulated or they've got everything in place for for fighter safety 
the problem is with the popularity in mixed martial arts, the jump, the amount of upstart clubs, the amount of uh, maybe guys that have more people in it that wouldn't be able to afford all of this or they're not bringing enough money in the gym themselves to be able to subsidize the cost of it for their fight team. This is when you're going to have an issue. This is when you'll have events that will pop up and put on shows unregulatedly, maybe with medics there, different things, but not have all of the other safety standards in place. And that's when you're going to get a division. More than anything, you're just going to have a weaker quality of card. You're going to have less, uh, less. I don't want to say less better fighters there, but the best amateur fighters in the country are coming from gyms that will not put guys on these cards unless everything is in place beforehand for fighter safety because they're that far advanced. Like um, SVG, Team Rhino, uh, the next-gen gyms. Like if you try running a Northern Ir- uh, an Irish MMA show without any of those gyms on it, you're going to be like, oh, come on. Like, want to see some of these guys. Want to see Hugh O'Rourke. Want to see Sean Paul Power. Want to see, uh, like a year or two ago, you would have been saying, I want to see Reese McKee and Mark Andrew at these shows. And now fans maybe are still going to be paying 30 euro for a ticket to a promoter or 25 to a promoter. Just the quality and the overall product is just going to be, is going to be lesser value for your entertainment. Yeah. Lesser value for your money. Sorry, not someone, for your entertainment. So, someone needs to bring a show down to Limerick. Or, I, want, I, want to, I want to go to one of these local shows It's in been Limerick. nearly 20 years since the last one. As, there's a, there was surely a show in Limerick, was there? Yeah, 99. No, but there was surely one. Oh, since maybe. Then. I don't know. Remember Battles on were planning to go there and then they pulled out. Yeah, they were going to go to LIT. Yeah. They should do one. Come on. No. Come on, promoters. No. I'll, I'll help you. I'll, I'll tweet Definitely it out. Definitely not. Then. I'll bring people. <laughs> give, me, give me 10 tickets there. I'll sell them. Woo! <laughs> 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 yeah, but I need, to, I need to go to one of these, these shows soon. There's surely one coming to Cork or something, is there soon? Mm. Get these shows out of Dublin. Can't be gone to Dublin. Come on, bring bring a show down to Munster. Someone you'll come out in hives. Yeah, fucking hell. My two or three trips to Dublin in a year is plenty enough. Ah, <laughs> uh, you're horrible, man. I'm not. I'm just honest. Like, come on, Jesus, let's. You could do it a holiday. Like, do, come down here to picturesque Limerick. Do it a holiday. Wait, no, no holiday. I don't know what's worse there. Do it a holiday or the fact you call it Limerick picturesque. Uh, outside of the city, it is. Outside of the city, it is. I'm not from the city, so there you go. <laughs> the fair city. I was actually I was very insulted by John Cavanagh put up a um, a tweet there yesterday. Some about uh, stab proof vest and limerick stab proof vest, which which I thought was pretty funny because isn't his gym right outside the Lewis where there's guys with stab proof vests working on that Lewis all the time? I've never seen someone in Limerick with a stab proof vest going around. Whoa! So took go. that one to heart, did you, Sean? <laughs> I hate when people call Limerick Stab City. It's such it's the, the proclamation of Sean Dublin Sheehan way for the day that's in it. Way more people get killed in Dublin than Limerick. Oh, I don't know. Oh, what are we going? Are we going questions? Are we questions? Yeah. You made a. I'm gonna have to uh, throw up the the Twitter page here, but you made a a very stupid promise yesterday that we would answer every question. <laughs> We're actually gone too long now. That was before the John Jones news came out. That was before the Cyborg news broke out. So, yeah, we, we'll run through them quickly. Run through them quickly. Well, just as I'm doing that, tell people about Severe MMA and how great it is. Severe MMA is great. And please support our um, our, our uh, sponsors. sponsors BeanieBasher.com BeanieBash.com and Ross Nutrition. You can go to BeanieBash.com. You can get a lovely hat with a ball stuck on it and punch it, and it'll improve your hand and eye coordination for the 
low cost of ten pounds, you can go to Ross Nutrition. You can get twenty five percent off your first order. That's how that's do you get twenty five percent off it, Sean? You put in the offer code promo code Severe MMA. Let's just double check that. I'll check the old DMs. I'll check the email. Yeah. It says yes. We can give twenty five percent discount for first time users. The discount code is Severe MMA. A load of your mates Go in on your proteins You're supporting us You're supporting a good Irish company We would really really appreciate it You can check them out On um, Online OROSNutrition.com OROS Nutrition Group on Facebook And OROS Nutrition GRP On Twitter Check them yeah. out Give them a follow Tell them Severe MMA sent you And keep ordering Severe MMA discount code Are we ready for questions? Question time Start from the top or the bottom? Started from the Started bottom. Started from the bottom, don't we? Yeah. I discovered direct. Did I ever tell you that? Started from the bottom. Now my MMA Truth Talk. Uh, did you just say I discovered Drake? Yeah. Okay, we'll come to that another day. Um, <laughs> and we never talked about Spotify. Oh, Thoughts on the rematch between Nate Diaz and Connor being for an inaugural light welterweight championship? No. No. But stranger things have happened. Will yeah. uh, Cyborg become the female Fedor after her debut at UFC 198? That's from the Irish Cairn. No, because she'll have fought in the UFC. <laughs> what? Because <laughs> she'll have fought in the UFC unlike Fedor. Oh, I think, yeah, I think he actually meant from a, a legend or a, a hype machine being derailed. Oh, really? That's, That's what I got from it, you know, like maybe. losing maybe? Leslie Smith's not going to beat her, I don't think so. I don't know, maybe I got that either, wrong. Either way. I don't think so, no. Uh, next question from Scobie Burke, Robert Burke, 2011. He asked for opinions on the Cage Kings promoter's Facebook post about the neurologist trying to get the show cancelled. Robert, just I had to read your question out because we did address that and we would have got a tweet off you crying saying, how come we didn't read out my question in the podcast last week? Sean you always ignores my question on the podcast last week. So, there you go. We've covered that already. Yes. that okay? Yeah. Sons, 2014, Gary Murphy. Is it possible that mixed martial arts in the future will be something that Irish schools will offer students to partake in, like GEA athletics in an after-school capacity? No. I disagree. I saw John Kavanagh tweet, some, someone asked him that, and he said working on it, or trying to work on something like that. The sport of mixed martial arts, no. But I can definitely see martial arts being taught in schools after this resurgence. Um, Mixed martial arts clubs in universities. Have you gone to school? What? Do you know how stupid fucking PE is in school? Yeah. Like, you do so not. it's time to change it. You've got a new yeah, generation of PE teachers that are going to be coming into jobs. Do you know what I mean? In transition year in my school, when I had left it, they did martial arts uh, as, a, as a module. They, when we would have a lunchtime class on in a gym in town, they would be downstairs. All of my teachers were there. They've, uh, I'm going to go up to them. They've got my sisters in the school still. They've got judo mats in the gym for gymnastics they've got proper judo mats I'm just going to go up and say I can teach jiu-jitsu to the fourth years like yeah, but this is like I think if there's people being active and uh, approaching schools then yes you're going to you're going to see something like that or maybe you get the odd uh, guy who gets to a position in a school that is a martial arts fanatic or has done martial arts his whole life the reason that it's such soccer, ga, rugby based is because the PE teachers are the ones that have come up doing them sports themselves in my school, for example, most PE, instead of getting uh, footballs, when it was just a general PE, we played hockey. 
because uh, yeah, we're posh boys, whatever. But also because my PE teacher was a hockey player. Yeah, but see, the problem with that is maybe on a, okay, that could happen on a small term basis, but it's not going to happen like in schools. It's not going to be a wide like what? It's not going to be like jujitsu in the Middle East. You know the way, yeah, exactly. Do you know the way Americans kind of do like extracurricular activities? Extracurricular activities. It goes towards credit. Yeah, it goes to their credit. College credit. Something like that could be possible. Like you could do after school martial arts (laughs) for fifty points in the leaving. Hey, there you go. I can't Next see uh, leaving points Prob- being given problem out. Sol- problem solved. <laughs> you, get a pro- you get them points for kicking a lead in the head. Um, da, da, da. We got a question from someone who said, based off what we've seen from Parier, his skill set and who's in front of him. Thank you. Did he send two questions? I think he might, yeah, I think he might have meant, can he be a champion? Based oh. on what we've seen. What do you think? 155? That was from uh, Bean Tower. I don't think so, no. No. Sean Sheehan cutting through opinions like a knife here. <laughs> just can't. On the like, podcast yeah. today, folks. Imagine um, if he came up against Habib or Anthony Pettis or, you know, Conor McGregor again or Dasan. Well, he could be Dasan, yes, but I don't think he would. There you go. Nutty One David asked us to talk about series bout, which we did. But... Yeah. Unfortunately, we missed the request for the first 10 minutes of the show to be about the man cave. How's it coming along, Sean? It's, I've bought my bar. Well, I've bought wood to make my bar. I got my little fridge, which is sweet. They're like 220 euro, but I got one for uh, 85. Um, I got my projector. My projector Did came you get it off Dundee? I got it off adverts. Ah. Yeah. So um, I got my, my projector cam as well, so that's ready now. What I have to do is clear out the room. They're actually much clearer now. They do it in like an hour and paint it. Um, but my brother-in-law is going to paint it for me and he'll be doing it in a couple of weeks. So um, that'll be the start of it then and hopefully... Or it, the beginning of the end. Beginning, yeah. But <clears throat> I, have a lot of st- I have a lot of stuff still to get. I have to get... I, I have a couch actually. Patrick is giving me one of his couches. I'm, I have to get like a chair. I have to get a table. Uh, what else do I have to get? But I have my I have my uh, punching bag. My man cave will be better than yours. No, my I'm, man no, I'm just putting it out there because mine's going to be a man shed. Well, mine's kind of a man shed as well. Well, my one <coughs> will be better than yours. No, mine's going to be way better. Look, I have no problem finishing a, the last twenty minutes of this. <laughs> have you a hundred? Are you going to have a hundred inch projector than yours? No, with like a big stereo system. Maybe I PlayStation will. PlayStation 4. Maybe I will, yeah. Sky HD. Fuck you. Punching bag. A bar. I bought, I bought actually, I bought optics. Optics. You know, optics that you put up against the bar. Have, Why? Uh, They're <coughs> like completely irrelevant for a man cave. Other oh. than looking good. They're relevant for a bar when people need to serve drinks. Yeah, I'm going to be serving myself. <laughs> Pour yeah. your own drink. You don't need an optic. You do. They're class. Just to have to keep the bottles up there. I'm gonna f- fill my fill my fridge up with bottles of water, bottles of uh, um, Arkansas Red Bull. I want to be retract it. my optic statement because one of my best mates did up his garage a couple of years ago, and when they were getting rid of their pool table, I think it was, or some maybe it was they were getting rid of their old pool table. What they did was they cut the actual pool table off. They cut the top of the pool table, oh, mounted, it, mounted it on the wall, and then put the optics on the pool table. Oh, I like that. It was kind of a bar kind of a job. And it is a bar, yeah. It's a kind oh, of, you, c- you, like you could sit at it. Do you know that sort of way? 
I like that idea. No, it's very, very good. I'll get you a picture of it. I'll send you a picture yeah. of it. Um, you gonna, are you going to come down? Pizzi Carroll's coming down for a weekend. For the christening. Kevin's done. <laughs> what? Yeah. yeah. A weekend, I can't... I, he'll come back in hives or something or in a pair of wellies. I'm not sure what, what? it is. I live in the middle of a fucking town. What? what Living yeah. this... Like, Pizzi will, like... He'll get healthy. If you if you took Pizzi for a weekend to the west of Ireland, he'd come back the picture of health. He'd be like the opposite of Vegas. Yeah. Oh, it'd be brilliant. <laughs> well fed and spuds and gravy. Um, no, but I am getting my shed done this year, so don't worry. We'll have a competition before the That's, end of the year. Um, question from Robert Mannion with the stack cards on 197, 198, 199. Can UFC 200 live up to the hype I'm going to mix that in with Callum Divin's question about a dream or realistic lineup for UFC 200 we're not answering that I know <laughs> but just give me a give me a give me a give me a taster do you think UFC 200 is going to live up to all of it I think it will because I think people's expectations have kind of got have been lowered and I actually over think the last will, year yeah I think they will produce a good card like there's guys fighting you know around now around like 198 or who have just fought you know who who can fight again? Who can maybe go in and on UFC two hundred? Like you're going to have McGregor on that card against against Diaz. Like you could have CM Punk on that card. I know he you know he's not a great fighter or anything, but he's going to be a big name. You know you could have Frankie Edgar, Jose Aldo on that card. You know you could have John Jones maybe on that card. I think you know we're in for an unreal run of events because fighters are going to be coming out looking for quick finishes to try get a quick turnaround to get onto the money card to get onto UFC two hundred. If you're fighting at UFC 197, why aren't you trying to beat a guy in three minutes? Do you know what I mean? So you can get back on in July. Do you know, April to July, fine turnaround for the biggest potential payday of your career. Let's go for it. Yeah, I agree. I think it's going to be good. Don't don't worry about it. Like, well, well, the car comes off. You like Ken Velasquez and, and uh, Travis Brown's already on it as well, apparently. That's a very good fight. I like that fight. Ronan won Duffy. Friend of the podcast, Scruffy81. Thoughts on Lombard's move back to middleweight? Good. Good. I think he's better off. Look, we know he failed the drugs test and everything, and you know, that's easy thing to, you know, to throw out there. But he did cut a lot of weight always. Like, he's a naturally kind of big guy as well, I know, you know, naturally. Fair enough. But, you know, he's... When I say big, I mean wink, wink, wide, wide. He's not, you know, he's not a tall guy, but he's, he's always, small. <clears throat> yeah, and he, he, but he's small in height, but he's wide. Like he's, you know, he's a hefty guy, and uh, he never like cutting away anyway. Even you know, even when he was winning and stuff, uh, I well to So yeah, I've no problem with him going back up to to uh, middleweight. He, I know, feel we've been robbed of seeing him fight Gunnar Nelson. She said, "Watch that fight." Yeah. Smallest welterweight possibly versus the biggest welterweight. It would be beautiful. Jiu-jitsu in action. Yeah, people fight right. I'd watch that. Keen O'Connell at there's only one twenty-one wants to know what was the funniest thing Stead said at the New York State Assembly. His favorite was when they said it could encourage fight clubs. Question number oh. two: Don't they know the first rule of fight club? Yeah, exactly. I'm stealing my joke now. I put that up. Did you put that up? Yeah, something like well, that. Then yeah. Keen, you're blacklisted. Good luck, Galek, Councillor Galek, Honourable Galek. I think that was the funniest bit with Glick. Glick. You know, reading out Edmund Tarverdian's, uh, well, not reading it out, just like looking at it, and then everyone realising, oh my God, she's reading a parody account. What the fuck? Uh, Farrell Connolly, what's your favourite personal walkout song for a fighter over the UFC's history, Sean? Also, how has Kasabian's song Fire never been used? Yeah, Funny story cool. on Kasabian's song Fire. I have no idea. But um, I wouldn't be surprised 
the UFC don't allow certain songs, don't they not? Yeah, they don't, yeah. And I remember the thing was Gunner wasn't allowed to come out to his walkout song for his debut. Then good impressive performance. Then, yeah, he was allowed to come out to his song. Yeah. I think the best ones are... Bisping was my personal favorite song to Ronda Rousey, A Bad Reputation. I think Ashling Daly and Zombie in in, uh, in uh, Dublin was unbelievable. Um, Frank Edgar is a good one. Yeah. Aldo is a good one. Even Yes, you've taken my two ones. And Mark Hominick when he walked out to... Coming Home. Coming Home. Yeah. Like, Coming Home is a terrible one unless used well, but when it's used well, it's brilliant. I'm not going to lie. Yeah. Um, and I, that's an expression I use far too much, Sean. I'm sorry. Genuinely? Uh, no, absolutely. Scandalously. Graham rang me last week saying, do you always say the word scandalous? And I was like, yeah, it's common enough. Why? He's like, you just used it eight times in about three minutes on the podcast. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, all right. <laughs> what a man. Um, Aldo and Frankie's were the two ones that I was looking forward to witnessing the most at uh, in December because the two of them both fought and it was brilliant. Like, Run This Town is an absolute tune. Paddy Houlihan's at UFC Dublin when he came out to 10,000 hours was absolutely iconic. And uh, his one in Dublin last year when he came out to the script, Paint the Town Green, that was a serious atmosphere in the venue when he came out to that. Do you know I'm not a fan of Big really? up. Who? McGregor's. It's too long. The start of it is too long. The way that he waits. The Foggy Jew. They played the Foggy Jew for too long. Maybe they should just have the Foggy Jew or something or you know, getting into the longer, it goes on way too long. Yeah, I whenever think. I play at DJ and I always have to skip halfway through the Foggy Jew part because if people think you're actually dropping, dropping the Foggy Jew, they'll all walk and, off your dance floor. And it should be the Luke Kelly version, not Sinead O'Connor version. Oh, I don't know about that. 100%. Luke <sighs> Kelly is the greatest singer Ireland's ever produced. Aidan Lally wants to know what alcoholic beverages, beverages, beverages will be in the man cave. There'll be like a bottle of... Uh, Jack Daniels. That all? There'll be a, bo- a couple, probably a couple of cans of Heineken and a couple of cans of Bulmers. And there'll be a bottle of something that's, do you know what I'm going to do as well? I'm going to get a bottle of Ribena and put it on an optic. There you go. <coughs> what? Yeah. Unfiltered Ribena? Yeah. Oh yeah, okay, grand. And just drop it into like a glass. Yeah, That'd not cool, a bad idea. It? We do, uh, what we did for a while in work was we kept Southern Comfort bottles and filled them up with uh Diluteds and put them on a pour so you could pour it that way and it looked better yeah. instead of out of a bottle. But you'd, you're just constantly refilling them, so it's just better yeah. to use the, the bottles. Yeah, you can put the pour on the bottle anyway, can't you? No, because it's a plastic one and it looks shit. Well, it looks shit, but you can do it. Oh, you could, yeah, you wouldn't yeah. do it. Um, Kill Your Idol 666 wants to know who is really our favourite podcast listener. We can't Him. tell you that. Okay, yeah, you. Fair enough. We do discuss it. Don't don't get yeah. me wrong. We hate most yeah. of you. No, Will Will Martin has to be up there, doesn't he? I would definitely say that. Yeah, yeah. That, uh, for his it. for his heroics. Look, if you want to become a friend at, at a, of the Severe Mid podcast, you need to hijack a UFC Q and A, right? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> you need to do what Will Martin did <laughs> and just go full promo. <laughs> do you know, like Severe MMA. Yeah. We need I, we need as much guerrilla marketing here as possible, folks. Actually, Irish MMA OG. Uh, Stuart McQuitty started listening to the podcast this week as well. Did he? He said he was impressed. Did he send you a message? He sent it to the Severe Mail podcast. Ah, thank you, Stuart. Met him last week. He was up at uh, Kumite, Alan Philpott and Roddy Moore show. He loves his tennis, doesn't he? He's a 
a tennis coach, I believe. Is he? Yeah, oh. I'm pretty sure. he's. He did. A, he finished up on radio a while ago, I think, to be able to focus on tennis. And I think he was away. I saw it on his Facebook. He was definitely away somewhere recently with a tennis, maybe the Northern Irish tennis team. Is it a matter Ireland has never produced a good tennis player? Uh, there was one from Dundalk who was semi-decent, I think. His was name it? was John yeah. McGahan. Yeah. What? Really? Yeah. Your father? No, not my father. No, like he's no related. He's he's just a McGahan, but really? he's no direct uh, direct relative to mine. Ireland's top player for like the last 10 years, I'd say, was from Limerick. What, like he ranked retired. 400 or something in the world? Yeah, like something like that, yeah. But he got to the, I think he got to the Australian Open or something first round. Oh. One year, but. Have we got, uh, have we got, I wonder if any up and coming tennis youngsters in Ireland we need to look out for? Send us a tweet. Yeah, Send Stuart, us their names. Us. Let us know. We'll follow them. We'll pimp them. Get them Se- out there. SevereTennis.com. SevereTennis.com launching soon. And we're going to hire Kareem Zidane. Uh, <laughs> oh, yeah, he does. Yeah, he loves that. tennis. Um, Cape May Irish John Harker wants to know what needs to be done to get MMA recognised in Ireland. Can't we just do a McGregor coin application and who should lead it? The IAPA are already well ahead of us on that form. Don't worry. I would expect good news on that within the next year. I don't know about the next year, but these things take an awful long time, you know. They're work, but as you said, they are working on it. I think there's, there's, you know, John Kavanagh's behind it. And, uh, you know, there's a lot of good guys good guys in, on the Irish MMA scene behind it. So, yeah, hopefully. Perfect. Peter McDermott, P underscore MACD, friend of the podcast. He's been around for a while. If you could produce a show for UFC Fight Pass... What would you do? And he tagged Eric Winter in it. So, Sean, yeah. here's your job opportunity. Pitch Sheehan Nation. I do a podcast between Sean Sheehan and Andrew McGann talking about Excellent. UFC. Wow, what an idea. After, right after the the Cardians every, every uh, fight night. A live podcast. Yeah, a live podcast. A beat down after the bell. When this man Kev is done, we're going to have to do a, oh, this, to do a look, fight companion. Don't you worry. My shed has been done for a similar reason. I asked, my, I asked my dad, could we start clearing it out so that I could convert it into an office, more so as opposed to a man cave. Because setting up all this equipment every week when my mom might need the computer or different things like that, I could have everything set out there, up, out there ready to go, just walk straight out. Um, have a little desk for my DJ DJ gear, you know, so I can be in the mix constantly. Can do a bit of practice, and by the way, you should hire me for DJing in a nightclub anywhere in Ireland. That's fine. Just get on to me on Twitter at Andrew McGann underscore. Sign, it'll give you a good rate. Uh, like fucking gas off Jardine Shore, no? What gas? <laughs> Will you go away? I don't. Th- we've been over this, Sean. We're not getting into another <laughs> fucking sunbed discussion here, right? <laughs> I go caramel in that sun. That's all. <laughs> Go on. Um, and it'd be handy. So, yeah, I, I would like to be able to do something like that. My dream show for UFC Fight Pass, right, if, if yeah. I was pitching something for them, it would be some, like, it wouldn't even be a show. Like, they've got the Eddie Bravo Invitational on Fight Pass, right? Let me do the post-fight interviews. That'd be good. Like Laura Send me over there. Victor. What? Like Laura Senko does for Invicta. Just send me over there, cover the jiu-jitsu, I'll do it, I'll be the best, I'll look happy, I'll wear the red and black shirt. No, nobody wants that. What? Nobody wants that gimmick. What gimmick? Go with your gimmicky shirt. Everybody wants you, that gimmick, love, Sean. That red and black shirt Two, is... Two more quick things there. I can't... Oh, this is how it's going, is it? You're worse than the rock, yeah. <laughs> 
Finally, <laughs> Andrew McGann has come back to Battle Zone. To YouTube. <laughs> oh, two quick things before I let you go. There's some the staple, up. the staple of Andrew McGann's interview uh, playbook, like I, I Tom Brady's right arm, or maybe he's left-handed. Who knows? Do you know the way? Do you know the way? Like Chuck Mindenhall wears his hat, and yeah. Jeff Wagner wears his. I've got something coming up. What I've got it? my own thing now that I'm going to wear. Monocle. I'll tell you. Tell no, me, it's a monocle. No, it's not a monocle, but you'll notice it. From now on, every time I appear in video, I'm going to be wearing something odd. So, you know. Is it a bowler hat? Oh, you're getting no. your ears pierced. I forgot you told me already. No. Oh, your I lips ear- are getting pierced. I got my ear pierced before. It's a true fact. Really? Yeah. I took it out because it hurt. <laughs> Back to questions. Back. Okay. Um, Can you smell? <sighs> what? R O S. It. No. Yes. <laughs> Weirdest fight style of any MMA fighter you've ever seen from Daniel Garrity? Yeah, Garrity. Mike Vinampage? Uh, MVP? I think I'm okay with that. To be honest, the Gracie style is very weird. Yeah. Do you know, but it's class, so it doesn't really matter. Um, Why do you think the UFC made Chris Cyborg fight at 140? Struggling to see the logic or benefit. That's from C. McFall. Money, 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 money. Did you not hear us sing at the start, Chris? It should have been in 145, actually. 145. And just make that division? Yeah. No, not just make... Just have Cyborg fight super fights. Not super fights, but big fights. There's no problem. I have no problem with that. She doesn't need to be fighting for a belt. Just have her fight good fights. Uh, Tak Tal OK, Roy G. Biv, would like to know, did John Jones win his race? <laughs> <laughs> no, because he got stopped by the cops and yeah. the other guy Yeah, the other fight. guy got away. Yeah. Um... Who is mixed martial arts greatest can crusher? Cyborg or Fedor? P.S. Can't get Animaniacs country song out of my head. That's from Pat underscore McGroin underscore for the win. And his you his name is Howie Felter Snatch. What? Howie. Howie. How he? How oh <laughs> you cheeky. I get it. <laughs> <laughs> Cyborg, definitely, because Fedor I fought can't believe people. I fell for that. <laughs> I know. I was like, is he falling for this? Oh, <laughs> no. <laughs> oh, that's brilliant. That's bad. Yeah, definitely Cyborg, because Fedor was still fighting really good guys in Strike Oh, Cross my God, and his username is Pat My Groin. Yeah. Oh, my <laughs> God. Pat My Groin. That's the fucking Simpsons special. Oh, for? my God. Oh, God. Oh, I thought that was an actual name. Do you know there's a guy that lives uh, in Newcastle West and his name is Mike Hunt. Oh, yeah, no, there's that. De- I've heard of them ones before now. Yeah. That's but the that's most embarrassing true. thing that's ever happened to me in this podcast, Sean. That is horrible. Ed, um, go, on. go on. No, you go on. No, you go on. You first. No, you hang up. No, you hang up. <laughs> go on. <laughs> For it to be the most embarrassing thing to happen to you in the podcast, it has to be fairly bad in fairness. Like. Oh, yeah, no, there's been a couple. There's a list. Like. There's a list as long as her arm. Uh, Jay Bass Clark, do you think Jones is even going to make it to the DC fight? Seems to be getting arrested once a week. Uh, yeah, he will. He will make it to the fight. Yeah. Then, follow up. We're going to go quick fire, Sean. Duffy67. Who gives Jones his toughest fight? DC, Rumble, or Gus? Rumble. Rumble. Jinx. Ian Thornton MMA do you think the UFC are focusing on the first show in MSG more than UFC 200 in terms of stacking the card more 
No. No, because MSG is going to be later on in the year if they do it this year, and that means a lot of the guys that they're stacking their cards, 198, 199, 200, will be fit and healthy and more than likely ready to fight again at Madison Square Garden. Uh, One Mr. Podge, is Leslie Smith being thrown to the wolves or can she pull a Forrest Griffin a la Shogun? Wolves. Wolves, yes. Mm-hmm. What happens if Weidman loses again to Rockhold? Is it Chad Mendes territory from at that stage? That's again from Mr. Podge. What was that again, sorry? What happens to Weidman if he loses again to Rockhold? Yeah. Are we talking Chad Mendes territory then? Ah, Jesus. It's tough. Like, well, no, because Rockhold probably won't hold the title for that long. You know, you, the UFC now. It's, it's hard to hold on. There's only... Dimitri Shanton is the only champion in the UFC with more than two title defences. So the likelihood is Weidman could... Get, could get in there and fight someone else instead and, yeah. even if he loses so. I, I dig it I can dig it um, Anthony Smith wants to know do you think the gang that Jones was allegedly drag racing with will come forward to testify in his case mm, they should. He should he should find them pay them money and get them to come testify probably illegal so don't do that John don't do that Johnny uh, we want you to fight so let's go for that and then the final one from Mr. Podge which we spoke about for a while the answer is yes but we'll just get it out there has the UFC finally shifted to putting on money fights instead of the best fights money 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 yes uh, I think so a little bit fights? no yeah well it says instead of the best fights no I think the money fights are the best fights yeah exactly usually if it don't make money don't make sense what's that lyric from Chill Sandman said it oh well he got that from a lyric Probably, yeah. Um, if Neil Siri were to upset Haraguchi, where would it put him in the rankings? Possibly into the top 15. That's from Leo Duggan. I'll be definitely in the top 15. Ah, I think top, it'll be top, top 10. 10. Yeah. yeah, top 10. Um, also, he thinks that Luis Smolka has the potential to fight for the flyweight strap. How many fights do you think he's away from that? Not many, I don't think. I, like, I think he's, he will probably fight for a flyweight title, but... 2016? <clears throat> I don't think he'll win it, maybe. Uh, what year have we now? It doesn't see, ah. By the way, it's Chris Brown and Tyga. Ayo. All right. Ayo. That song. It was t- if Chelsea it don't Annan make dollar, it don't make that. sense. They robbed Chelsea Annan. But I make that... What for some... Oh, okay. There's too much cursing on that for me to wrap it. Um, do you think, from Miami Burn, we will ever see Michael Page in the UFC? Hopefully, because the way Bellator mistreating him is scandalous. Scandalous. Michael Venom Page would be one of the biggest mixed martial arts stars in the world if he was Irish. Or if his granny was Irish. But unfortunately, UK MMA letting your boy down. Get behind him. Where is it? No content on him. Get on it. Ah, well, no, in fairness. Sandu has produced a good bit of content on him. Yeah, and made the documentary. I've already tweeted that out quite a few times. I enjoy mm. it. But in general... So like, apologize. Apologize to your look, UK MMA brethren. I'll apologize to Sandu and Abby, 100%. But I, I, want to be, I want to be flooded with Michael Venom Page videos. Yeah. Do you know? He's that good. Um, if the UFC were to bring in 1FC rules or weight cutting, what fighters would definitely have to move up? That's from Shane Keeley or Kylie. Everyone, um, pretty much. Jason Tebow was the first one that comes to mind. Uh, Joseph Benavides. Conor McGregor. To move up. Conor McGregor, definitely. Uh, Paddy Houlihan, maybe. Paddy Houlihan, yeah. Ashton Daly. Yeah. Quite a lot. Most fighters. Carl Daniel Pender Carm- would probably be da- a light heavyweight. Daniel Carmier. Um, 
Vinny C86, he asked the question about entrances, but I'm going to his second one instead. Would you consider guests on this podcast, Sean, on weeks where MMA isn't relevant? Neil Siri would make great entertainment. We're still looking for the Viper. You just haven't got us the Viper yet. Get us the Viper, then we'll talk. I was thinking about it, like, I don't know, we kind of have, we have a good... uh, We have good crack ourselves, like. Yeah, we have a good crack. Why, Why would you bring anyone else on? Exactly. We do we do the other ones where we get pizza and we get butter and we get, you know I wouldn't mind if a fire on one of them one at a times sometime yeah. yeah um what is your favorite Father Ted quote from Naughty One David I was messing with the brand the strap flew back and hit me in the eye <laughs> mine is hey are you Japanese bastards. Jim, because I'm not pronouncing all the numbers that he has in the end of his username, wants to know <laughs> will Bruce Jim's three six one nine eight six two five. Will Bruce Buffer announce Cyborg as the Invicta champion? I it's would say yes. Question. I think he, she will because uh, if I pass. Yeah. Um, Fighting. Please explain why we need people like Chris Eubank in MMA. Yeah. What about Hashtag. That? Kim Jong-un, Kim Jong-un, Kim Jong-un, Kim Jong-un. North Korea. Did you see that? I did. Yeah. Fair play to him. Now, Chris Eubank is going off what has happened in his own career. Do you know what I mean? In terms of what happened to him in 91. Yeah, I don't think he... I, I thought it was I unbelievable. kind of a throwaway kind of comment. More no, than, no. Don't hit him. Oh, I thought it was. I don't. I saw some people being like that. I, I, that is a completely heartfelt thing. He said the referee's not going to stop it. He taking too much damage. If you're going to finish him, you're not going to do it to the head. Oh yeah, that's that's what I kind of mean. He yeah. saved his life. Yeah, he he did. But look, I think what Chris Eubank Senior was saying was kind of he was he definitely was saying you know you know you're going to hurt him if if you keep hitting him there because he was already finished and he was like you know but it wasn't it wasn't a sort of a thing of. There was a, you know, uh, there was a press like conference today. Him, I think. Yeah. And I think Chris Eubanks Sr. said something like that. What did we say? It wasn't a thing of saving him? Yeah, I don't think it was a thing of, sa- you know, saving him. I think it was a thing of maybe this might be a better way of, you know, putting. I don't know, actually. It kind of was a way of saving him. Yeah, you're right. I you, take it back. Eubanks Sr. admitted that the advice was to protect Blackwell. Yeah, okay. I, fair enough. I, I, I take him in his words, so. But I don't know. There's just I remember when I listened to it, I was like, you know, it was a bit of it was kind of a small comment the way he said it, and you know, he didn't say anything wrong. Like he, you know, uh, he, he says said, he, in that's his kind last of things he says he's different to everyone else. I think, and he, you know, he gives kind of unusual advice in the corner. Maybe he just thought it was a better way of getting him out there. But either way, whatever he he did save him, and he said him. it was uh, part of his brain. He left uh, Watson with life-threatening injuries when he fought Eubank in 91, suffered a blood clot on his brain. Eubank said today, it's part of my brain. That's why in his last sparring session, even in sparring when fighters have had injuries, I always say to him, Junior, you don't need to go to the head. He constantly uh, makes him attack the body. Eubank Jr. also revealed that he slowed down deliberately in the 10th round on Saturday because he knew Blackwell was getting more hurt. The thing about it is as well, People have asked me, a couple of people asked me, oh, do we need more corners like Chris Eubank? No, what we need is better referees. We need, like, if it gets to that, it shouldn't get to that. It shouldn't get to the situation where you said, don't hit him in the head, you're going to damage him too much. If it gets to that situation where a corner can say that, that fight should be stopped. Exactly. 
It's bad crack. Um, let me just get these questions back up. Stephen Larry wants to know how do I like my steak cooked? Because we're going for a wee barbecue in his house on Saturday. Uh, I got no invite. You're not coming to Battlezone. Ah, fuck. Well, I got a Battlezone. Second question. How excited am I for Battlezone this Saturday? Kiefer Crosby is fighting in the main event, is he? He is the main event. He sent me the... uh, He sent me the card that I'm going to... Sideways, was it? (laughs) Yeah, I think it was sideways, actually. I was going to tweet him back about that, saying, what are you doing here? And we'll give him a shout-out. We'll give him a shout-out. Day 16 of his video blog went up... uh, Went up yesterday. He's doing a daily video blog every day. They're generally very enjoyable. I'm not gonna lie, because he, he loves better, he, he loves a scooter. Another shout out now. Yeah, he loves his scooter and he loves skating as well. He's a great man. Uh, main event: Keith McCabe fighting Kiefer Crosby. It's a rematch. Keith McCabe beat uh, Kiefer Crosby the last time they fought. Um, it's pro now. It's it? pro now it? this time. Yeah, co-main event: the return of Johnny Jitsu. John Redmond is fighting uh, Will Flurry. A short-lived retirement for Redmond. I'm looking forward to seeing him come back. Will Flurry's had a little bit of unfortunate times recently in terms of people pulling out of fights on him. So glad that he's in and match ready for a fight. Nathan Kelly fighting this week against Aaron Maguire from BGJ Cork. And uh, Nathan Kelly was very, very impressive in his last battle zone outing. So I'm looking forward to this. Probably the one that I'd be looking forward to the most on the card is Hugh O'Rourke is fighting again this weekend. He's fighting a flyweight fight against Kyle Comerford from Kilkenny MMA. Uh, Hugh O'Rourke is an absolute monster. Definitely one that could go pro this year. Seems to be that Andy Ryan's a big, uh, big, big fan of him. Uh, for the lightweight amateur title, Stephen Moore is fighting Elliot Levy. According to the card that Stephen Lowry sent me, but I thought he was looking for a replacement for one of those guys, so maybe maybe that was another fight. Uh, Jordan Wiley against Richie Smullen. Eric Nolan is fighting Lee Hammond from SVG. Lee's looking for another Baron Bolo, maybe. A couple of good uh, good amateurs coming up, especially from SVG and Rhino, going to be on this card um, that I'm looking forward to. Just trying to read all of these names sideways. Do you know the biggest Alex thing Brophy on? and Daryl Clark both fighting, as well as Daryl Byrne. This is going to be the the skinnier jiu-jitsu guys that are now getting into MMA and making a lot of their their emergences onto the Irish scene. So looking forward to some slick jits on Saturday night, hopefully. The biggest thing up for grabs on Saturday night is... A picture with Andrew McGann, who will oh, be no, wearing no. his red and black check shirt. Fuck's sake. No, but it's the possibility to become the severe MMA amateur fighter of the year. What? These are the big, to, be, to become the severe MMA amateur fighter of the year. Oh, yeah. These are the, these are the fights now that make things like that. It's the bigger shows like yeah. Battlezone. Yeah. Putting it out there on the line. New Here venue we as well. Looking forward to it. Is it? Where is it on? Uh, I have no idea. I just know it's not in the Regency. <laughs> Fair enough. Right. Any more questions? Yes, there is. What about WrestleMania this weekend? Oh, what about WrestleMania this weekend? Shane, wait, no, we're finishing off on the WrestleMania talk. Which is... Do you think Cyborg fighting at 198 proves that the UFC are chasing their money fights and confirmation that a sale may be imminent from AJK Dublin? Conspiracy hat on. No. No? They're just trying to make the money? Apparently, they've been paying Cyborg all along when she was working with Invicta. That was the rumour. That was the rumour. And she got paid like 90 grand for one fight, so it's a fact, probably. Allegedly. Um, so yeah they needed to use her at some stage and with Rousey kind of out of the picture with home just after losing they, they had to use her so I think that's that's it more than anything you know this sale thing it'll happen if it happens you know uh, I, you know 
I don't think, yeah, I don't think there's any. I think where the rumors came from, uh, I wouldn't be, uh, you know, I wouldn't be saying it's definitely going to happen. Friend of the podcast, Keith Kavanagh, MMA. Would you respect to tap if you were the one heel hooking Pal Harris's leg into a blade? Sure, didn't he tap you? Yeah, he did. Would you respect? <laughs> <laughs> What's your find? I was just, uh, uh, I was doing my my friend Dahi in it. A thing that he does. Sure, didn't I bet you? He used to have a set up because uh, <sighs> you know from the from the uh, the traveler videos, your man. Oh yeah, yeah. yeah. call us. <laughs> sure, didn't he tap you? But um, would you uh, respect the tap? Yeah, yeah, no, fucking break the leg off him. Would fucking. you? No, I wouldn't. No. All right, I yeah, don't I'd, know, res- I'd respect the tap. So would I, yeah. Better. You take the high road. No, the, I can, I can beating say him I is good enough. Beating him is good enough. Beating yeah. him, if you heel hooked Paul Harris, I'd let go of it straight away because you've just done it. Like, who is cares? He still, is he still grappling with Gary Tonin? He is. This weekend, Polaris. Oh, is it? Can't it's wait. Pay for that. Yes, pay for but it's Paul. worth it. It's worth it, Sean. You sign up, but give me your sign in and I'll watch it. No. Yeah, Support Jiu Jitsu. Support oh. Jiu Jitsu. Support Polaris. We're Jiu-Jitsu. friends with Polaris, Sean. Jiu-Jitsu's only a lot of sh- old shy. The what about guys, as well? the guys behind Scramble are the guys that do Polaris. Are they offering? Yeah. What about um, Venator as well? Peter Quilly and Venator, Peter Quilly and Carl Moore fighting on it. I guess I'm going to Italy. Myself and Dave yeah. Fogarty, we trip to Milan. I love the way I, I suggested you should go, and you're already gone. Yeah. Uh, thanks very much. <laughs> Shout out to Sean Sheehan. I'm worse than fucking Dave Fogarty now for breaking news. What? Fucking, I'm worse than Dave Fogarty for breaking news. Breaking late. news here, late. Yeah. yeah, you're all over the shop. Andrew, here. Andrew, Sean. Do you, hear, uh, do you hear Conor McGregor beat Jose Aldo? What? No way, did yeah. he? 13 seconds, some knockout. <laughs> you're a bad man. We love you, Dave. We love you're you, Dave. My money job. David Strain. <laughs> Two quick things and I'll let you go, Sean. How many more wins before Hunto's title shot happens again? Four. Four wins. Yeah. No, nah, I give him two. Um, finally, Johnny Byrne MMA takeover with Ariel parting ways with Fox. Could this lead to a more outspoken media members into dismissal? Gareth A. Davies, for example. <laughs> what does that mean? Like Gareth would take Ariel's job, or no? Th- I think he means. I think he means would BT fire Gareth because he's outspoken. Gareth MMA. doesn't really say too Gareth much things that. outspoken. Like Gareth's no. a Gareth, um, Gareth's a lovely guy. Like I. I am bewildered. Like we have a nice little playful rivalry going on. Like, and every time I see him, I'm just so happy to see him. He is a really nice guy. In fairness to him, but I do enjoy slagging him and I do enjoy ripping the piss out of him and different things like that. But he's lovely. See, the whole problem with the let's whole talk Fox, about Ariel. Yeah, the Fox thing. Like, I think Ariel explained it pretty well. Like, I think the whole problem is that Ariel is he's doing two jobs and they're kind of conflicting jobs because one is. One is a job where he's kind of working with the UFC's broadcast partners. And the other job is where he's working as a journalist, you know, breaking stories, breaking things like the UFC might like him to break. So that's, you know, that's always going to come up. You know, that's always going to cause problems, really. And it's, you know, it's amazing how he handled it so well for this long, even. He said yesterday, you know, that he wasn't, you know, I I don't know if he he wasn't enjoying it, but he said like it wasn't, you know, he didn't get, the things he was kind of promised really and he said you know he basically said he was enjoying his work with SB Nation a lot more than he was with his work with Fox um, but yeah look you know it's tough I suppose to be the journal you know to be an unbiased journalist that doesn't you know work like he does 
and still work for Fox because you know everything they do like if you look at all those Kenny Florian you know Brian Stan stuff it's all kind of you know very much cookie cutter stuff and you know you don't really, you know, there's nothing interesting happens on it, you know. Are we going to no look into analysis. things over the top here, are we? <clears throat> what do you mean? About one of Ariel's last follows on Twitter. Detective oh. Sheehan. Detective Sheehan? Oh, I don't know. The ESPN yeah. senior talent producer. Ariel did say there's a lot of smart people online, a lot of people making links online. He didn't want to comment on anything, but I, uh, I think he handled it very well. I think he uh, came across brilliantly. If he was fired for doing his job, i.e. asking Rory McDonald and bringing up uh, free agency and different things like that, and he got fired for that, well, it just discredits Fox completely. I think, uh, I think it's a very... He, he's trying to do his job as a journalist, and unfortunately, he's coming from a journalist background, brought up on the journalist uh, ethics, and would have learned about it all in college, and respects it. So then when you go from that into maybe TV work and then it's a conflict of interest, as you said, or trying to do one thing but also do the other, I think this is a big, big thing for Ariel. You, definitely you've not seen the last of Ariel. Ariel is... I know. He's still the best. He's the best by far. He's the most known by a country mile, narrowly beating me, I suppose, out into second <laughs> place. But <laughs> he's, a, he's an absolute legend. And this is putting him in a big position here. He now doesn't have... He can report, again, maybe, on things that he wasn't able to report in the past. He can follow things up that he definitely can now. He I can, think he always did it, to be honest. I think you're going to see it even more. I think you're going to see it yeah. even more now. He's in such a power position now. He can ask anyone he wants about free agency. Pete... Ari gets a lot of criticism, but I think people don't realize how tough what he does actually is. Like He said perfectly at the start of his speech that he's been criticized for being too biased and also criticized for, or for being too harsh. And he said, if people disagree with what your analysis is, then you're doing the right thing because you're doing it impartially. But like, even the way, like, you know, he's so many contacts, he breaks so many stories, like he gets so many guests on his podcast and stuff. Like that's that was actually a nightmare to do all the stuff he gets like to you know people I like I absolutely abhor like having to rely on other people to do stuff not not relying on them to produce stuff but you, relying on them you to, just can't go ten minutes without <laughs> taking a dig at me can you Sean no but you're bad enough like but if like I don't uh, no I don't do interviews and stuff but like I just when I, when I remember I used to do my picks like Sheehan versus and I had to have someone else doing it I lasted about fucking eight weeks doing that I just couldn't take it anymore because people were like like I had some great guys Carl Bender and stuff did it with me he was really good got back straight away and stuff but other people like oh, I'm going to put this article up on a Wednesday can you have it and like Thursday at half five and like still hadn't they got it back and stuff like or, like, I, 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 like how, going through stuff like that every week once a week for me it was fucking torture imagine like what he does like he's breaking stories every day he's getting you know seven or eight people on his, on his podcast every week like people don't realize the work that goes into that and like especially breaking stories like getting you know getting staying in touch with managers staying in touch with fighters like that's that's a very you know that's a very tough job to do i definitely couldn't do it and i don't think there's many people in the world who could who could do it as well as he did and in fact there's no one in the world that does it as well as him best in the world <sighs> and cm punk was on the podcast yesterday actually he was yeah and this is our segue WrestleMania. Biggest MMA show of the year this yeah. weekend. WrestleMania. Did you see uh 
Did you see uh, Shane O'Mac went unreal the top the table first of all right I love the what the the WWE did in terms of interviewing uh, Shane or Enzo. Phil Nurse and Henzo Gracie that was good that's like an embedded style thing like the UFC are they're taking stuff from all around them Polaris actually shout out to Dave Fogarty he filmed their one for Darryl O'Connell the Polaris prologue and they're following all their competitors before their event this weekend but the WWE, uh, Shane O'Mac, what about him cleaning, absolutely rinsing the Undertaker out of it with Enter. strikes Enter. yesterday. Shane McMahon has good hands. Mm. Shane McMahon should fight CM Punk in a UFC fight. He's in some shape, isn't he? You see him like he pulled up his jumper yesterday, big fucking air packing him. Yeah, some like shape. he's in, like good at jiu-jitsu. Well, apparently he's been training jiu-jitsu for years. Yeah. Um, have him fight CM Punk. Just do it. That'd be the best thing in the world. And Shane's a tough fucker as well. Like, oh my that? god! Like I watched, I spent like after seeing that this morning, Shane jumping from the top rope. I was like, I had to go watch his highlight video. He did really th- jump from the Megatron. He jumped from the Titantron, uh, as yeah. I c- correctly uh, corrected you there, Sean. Never call that a Megatron again. Sorry. Um, did you ever have the WWE Titantron for your wrestling figures that had the steel things in the bottom of their feet, and you'd put them on the Titantron, and then the music would play? No. All right, never mind, just me then. Um, I wish I had that. Shane, Shane O'Mac was put through the glass by Kurt Angle. He went off the side of the ambulance. He went off the... He jumped off at, at, a, uh, at a backlash before, when backlash used to have the... Remember the first pay-per-view after WrestleMania? Yeah. The entrance used to be... Uh, remember from Robot Wars, Chaos 2, the one that had the spike... Was it Chaos 2? Razor, maybe? There was one that had a big spike. And the, yeah. the Titantron for the backlash thing was like those spikes hanging and moving across the ramp. So fighters would run through it. No, just... Oh, yeah. Okay, just me again. No, I Sh- think I do. Yeah, Shane O'Mac jumped off one of them. He jumped off the Titantron as well on another show, onto Big Show. He did the coast-to-coast at WrestleMania uh, with the trash can. Yeah, trash can. This is going to be one of the great... And it's a hell in a cell. This is going to be one of the greatest WrestleMania matches ever. It's going to be full of spots. Taker will have... Like, I'm predicting he puts Shane off the top of the cage. He could do, yeah. Shane take that bump as well. Or through the cage. Yeah. It's going to be brilliant. Like It should be the main event. Or Rikishi should drive a big truck down the ramp. (laughs) (laughs) Again. Uh, man. <laughs> like this is gonna be I can't wait for Wrestlemania I can't wait it's brilliant <sighs> so that's it who do you think is gonna win Shane who do you think is gonna win Roman Reigns against Triple H Triple H bury him like, I think Roman Reigns will win do you think he's gonna do you think like what happens when they boo Roman Reigns like when he beats Triple H Roman Reigns is actually good like when people these wrestling fans are fucking idiots to be honest He's actually oh, good. Dean, Dean Ambrose against Brock Lesnar. What That's going to be some scrap as well. In a street fight, isn't it? Street fight, No yeah. holds barred. Yeah, that should be fun. Can't see Brock taking a loss, though. No, me neither, yeah. And that's about all, then, I think. Um, that's all that matters. Shout out to, shout out to um, what's her name? Shout Becky out to Lynch. anybody. Irish woman. Finn Balor might be there. Seamus. Jackie Lynch, what? Becky Lynch. Becky Lynch. Yeah. Is that no, Bailey? Lynch. Bailey. No, no. Becky no. Lynch. Don't know her. She's an Irish one in the WWE. She's really good. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. She's actually fighting for the Divas Championship this weekend. And is Finn Balor fighting on WrestleMania? No, he's on no. NXT the night before, isn't he? Yeah, but he might come in. You'd never know. Might see him there. 
I will. Uh, I'll be staying up to watch it. I have to say, I enjoy WrestleMania every year. Um, and then I in, I'll enjoy Peter Carroll's tweets on the night about The Rock or Stone Cold because <laughs> yeah. he always live tweets WrestleMania and it's always hilarious. <laughs> um, but that's it, unfortunately, for this week. For nothing to talk about, Sean, we put an hour and 50 in the bank fairly quick there. Yeah, best. It's a good one now. I enjoyed it. No, I enjoyed it. I thoroughly enjoyed this podcast. A nice interlude podcast for those out there. Um, in case you didn't know as well, we've got... Um, We've got a little bit of apparel coming soon, Sean. We, we haven't really? told the podcast yet. Yeah, Some people have seen it. Severe MMA has a t-shirt coming out in association with Scramble, the jiu-jitsu company. We have a design, but we're just waiting on a couple of different colours now. Uh, Scramble have a lot on their plate this week with the Polaris event, so we're giving them a bit of slack here. But there is a design floating around online. It's on, uh, it's on my Instagram. It's on the Severe. It'll be on the Severe Instagram as well. So, um Check it out. Massive shout out to them. Thank you as always. BeanieBasher.com and the new boys on the street. New kids in the block. ORS Sports Nutrition. Uh, you'll get 25% off your first order if you use the code SEVEREMMA. If you want to get in touch with us before then and next week though, please do not hesitate in the slightest. You can send Sean Sheehan a text at uh, 087. Let me just get the number up here. Oh, it's you just gonna have to edit it out anyway. Oh, seven nine. Okay, yeah, fair enough. <laughs> uh, get in touch with him on Facebook, Sean Sheehan MMA. You can send us a message as long as it's 140 characters or less. Then we're cool with that. To at Severe MMA Pod on Twitter. If you want to get in touch, just to abuse us in general, he's Sean Sheehan BA on Twitter. I am at Andrew McGatton underscore. I got a phone call last week abusing me, Sean. Yeah, absolutely abusing me. For why? David Fogarty. <gasps> He's on Twitter now. Yeah. But I forgot he set up his new account. Oh, yeah. And you said stupid numbers. David GBD. Ginger Beard Design. Uh, give him a follow. He's still waiting on his followers to go up magically, but he, despite having not really used his Twitter in the last week, yeah, he will get happen. there. We'll, 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 we'll bring him up there. He's going to he have needs... to take it seriously. Like He's yeah. going to have to put some work uh, into put it. Put in the grind, you know? Yeah. Shoulder to the wheel, moving forward. A couple exactly. of pointless business acumen terms there that people have read a managing for dummies book and think they're capable to run somewhere. Stick the shoulder to the wheel there, Sean. Moving forward, I think we should do this for the podcast. Mm. <coughs> yeah. C- carrying on from last <laughs> week's discussion. <laughs> carrying on from the last meeting. I, <laughs> I took the liberty of making notes from the last meeting. Oh, thank God. Thank God we don't have to. Thank God I don't live in Dublin and have to go to meetings. <laughs> are you taking a dig at me? Because I'm going to a meeting this afternoon, are you? <laughs> yeah, yeah, but I... And I, I live in Dundalk. Well, same thing. I'd have to... I'd have to meetings on meetings on meetings, Sean. The grind never stops. Yeah. Well, it does, actually. Because <laughs> Peter Carroll's grind never stops. That's fair enough. No, it doesn't. But right. if you want to uh, just shout any abuse, get in touch with us throughout the next week. We love the company. We love every listener. We love the feedback. We love when you take the time out of your day to send us a message. It means the world to us. And especially even if you take the time out of your actual real life to stop us somewhere and tell us that you're a fan of the podcast, a fan of the site. It means the world to us. Thank you very much for the support, as always. Sean, what's the crack? What are you doing today? What are you planning for the next week? Nothing really. Are Not you back on? Me. Are you still on your holidays? Still on my holidays, yeah. Still on my holidays. Excellent. So I'll go back to right now this weekend. Maybe I'll have to do my. Do Polaris. Watch Polaris. Yeah, I don't have to pay money for it, though. Fuck that. <laughs> Polaris, send me. Polaris should be sending me a fucking free thing so we can talk about it next week. 
You should me, approach them and say you'll do play by play, live event coverage, a live blog. Yeah, I get people to watch it. Like people will definitely watch it. But no, we we they should be giving out. They should be giving me a free pass to watch that, so we can talk about it in the podcast here next week. That's a fact. Big call, big yeah, call from Sean that, Sheen. That's a fact. The Sean, like page has gone to his head, ladies and gentlemen. No, is there like? Is there anyone who's never done jujitsu in the world who can fucking have a jujitsu chat like me? Is there? There's probably no. not. There you I'll go. I'll give you that. Anyway. Fucking Baron Bolas. <laughs> Baron Bolas. We're going to see Bolas all day. Lee Hammond's fighting MMA this weekend. Hopefully yeah. we get that. Get that up as quick as. Anyway. Stay safe, everyone. Enjoy the crack. Enjoy the week. Hopefully you had a good bank holiday weekend and this is just nursing your hangover back to reality. To finish off, Sean, because I forgot to ask you, best Easter egg you got this weekend? Patrick got me a, a, a box of 43 Easter eggs from Tesco. What a man. So, about 10 of them, mate. They're small what Easter eggs. What a man. I have, a, I have just a dairy milk one here in front of me. It was the only Easter egg in my house because me folks were away for the Easter weekend. Selfish. No Easter, I know, no Easter eggs for Andrew or John. But sure luck, we'll get over it. Until then... We'll see you next week, lads. Good luck.